This is the Liberty NZ Breakfast. Why is it that some people are more successful than others? Why is this? And I looked around me and I saw people younger than me doing better than me. And they weren't any smarter than me. Nothing will make you madder than to see somebody who's dumber than you, who's doing better than you. And you say, how can this idiot be doing so well? And I did something that very few people ever do. I went to the best salespeople and I said, how come you're so successful? And they told me what they were doing. And I did it. And I made more sales. And when I got into business, I asked managers, how do you manage in a business like this? How do you organize it? And they told me, and I did it. And so one of the greatest success principles that you'll ever find is learn from the experts. Learn from the people who are already demonstrating the results that you want to get. Read their books, listen to their programs, attend their courses, learn from and ask them. And they will always tell you. And you can save yourself years of hard work by simply learning from people who've already learned it by themselves. We were just talking. You don't know what MGTOW is. No, I thought it was a person. Um, no. I have a kind of idea, but I'm really not sure. What do you think it is? I think it's to do with, like, red pill. I think I briefly read somewhere it's like a movement of men who are... I don't know if it's got anything to do with, like, passport bros. <laughs> That's about the extent of my knowledge. So it's MGTOW. men going their own way. Men going their own so way. So okay. either there's different levels. Some are walking away from marriage altogether. They basically looked at the institution and the way society's set up and say, we are discreet discriminated against. We cannot interact with a woman without there being a legal consequence. Mm -hmm. When women go into men's spaces, they just tell men how to talk. So men will like roast each other. And that's just kind of how guys talk. They're a lot more blunt. They're a lot more direct. And then the women will come in and because we think we're so smart, we'll be like, oh, men speak like women. And we'll be like, oh, you can't talk like that. You can't say it like that. So that's what you can tell if a man is like saying, Oh, you shouldn't say it like that. You need to watch your language. He's probably led by some woman in his life that he's afraid of. Play of this hour. Go to episodes at tntradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Protesters caused chaos in Congress on Tuesday by demanding a ceasefire in Gaza and calling for the U.S. to stop supporting genocide. Demonstrators called Secretary of State Antony Blinken a murderer who has blood on his hands during the tense start to his testimony to the Senate Appropriations Committee. I ask that everyone again respect this hearing. We will suspend until the room is cleared. It follows a string of similar demonstrations on Capitol Hill over the Israel-Hamas war. Members of the Jewish community in London have been forced to lift security at synagogues, schools, and other community buildings in the wake of the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel. The reason for the increased protection is a corresponding rise in anti-Semitism rates reported across the UK capital. The Metropolitan Police have said there's been a 1,350% jump in hate crimes against Jewish people as the Middle East crisis goes on. With no arrests so far, 9 out of 10 alleged offenses. The Guardian reports figures from the Met covering London that show 218 anti-Semitic offenses were recorded from October 1st to October 18th this year, compared with 15 in the same period last year. 
Republican standalone bill granting additional funding to Israel amid its ongoing conflict with Hamas will likely receive widespread bipartisan support, according to newly elected House Speaker Mike Johnson. Speaking to Fox News Sunday Morning Futures, the newly elected speaker noted Republicans plan to pass a standalone bill regarding funding for Israel that will not be tied to funding for Ukraine, as has been requested by the Biden administration. Well, listen, we're going to move a standalone Israel funding bill this week in the House. I know uh, our colleagues, our Republican uh, colleagues in the Senate uh, have a similar measure. We believe that that is a pressing and urgent need. There, there are lots of things going on around the world uh, that we have to address, and we will. Uh, but right now, what's happening in Israel uh, takes the immediate attention, and I think we've got to separate that and get it through. Politico reported on Thursday that Israel has accused Amnesty International of bias and anti-Semitism after the organization said all parties in the current Gaza conflict have violated humanitarian law, including by committing war crimes. Earlier the same day, Amnesty International had called for an immediate ceasefire and an independent investigation into longstanding impunity for war crimes and crimes against humanity. A statement from the organization also described one of the root causes of the conflict as Israel's system of apartheid imposed on all Palestinians. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen says Amnesty International has been consistent in calling out war crimes throughout history. Now this is how low the conversation is starting to sink. Israel is now attacking international human rights organizations and accusing them of being anti-Semitic for pointing out the gross violations in terms of war crimes, the Geneva Convention, international law, multiple UN conventions on human rights, all of this litany of war crimes. People are calling it out now. Governments are beginning to call it out. Amnesty International being one of the biggest voices traditionally in this area. And so now now they found themselves at odds with the Netanyahu regime, who are claiming that the International Human Rights Organization here is somehow bigoted or racist or anti-Semitic. But when you look back at their record, they've been very consistent about condemning these same war crimes throughout history. So how on earth can Israel be accusing them of this? It just seems like more deflections away from the elephant in the room, and that is that we are facing one of the most egregious examples of crimes against humanity live on television in the modern era. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. Thank you, Patrick. And we'll have more news from TNT Radio at 6 o'clock. Good morning. I'm Grant Edwards, and welcome to the Liberty NZ Breakfast. But that's the only way this is going to be solved, is we need the truth to be exposed. We need more Americans to listen to the truth, to be exposed to the truth, to pull their heads out of the sand, quite honestly, open up their eyes and understand what has happened to this country. We are going down a very dangerous path, but as a path is being laid out and planned by an elite group of people that want to take total control over our lives. And that's what they're doing bit by bit. They do it by increasing ma you know, massive government spending, increase in size of government, uh, take over of the WHO. These amendments that are coming up uh, that are going to be voted on in 2024 on the WHO are frightening, and they, they really risk taking away all of our sovereignty. But people have to awake, awaken to the dangers of the moment. Six past five. Good morning. That is Senator Ron Johnson from the United States of America. I like him. Very good. Very good. All right. Let's have a look at the new uh, weather weather news. And uh, the extremes, first of all, Gisborne, 16 and a half degrees at the moment. Quite warm there, isn't it? Where else is warm? Looking around Auckland's up there as well. 16. Tauranga is also 16. But Gisborne. They've got the hottest. It's almost 17 degrees there. 16 and a half. Queenstown is the lowest with four degrees at the moment. Yes. And uh, the wettest, the windiest place. 
the wettest force is Huakatani, 3.2 millimetres per hour of rain uh, pouring down in Wakatani at the moment and uh, the windiest place, not that windy, Mahia Peninsula, that's not far from Wairua where the big, um, the big storm was directed in, wasn't it? <laughs> so they say. Mahia, only 26 kilometres per hour, which is not much at all. I don't know what's that, 10 knots, 10, 12 knots, something like that. OK, let's look at the short forecast. Um, well, just before we do, the temperatures right across here. Queenstown's the lowest, and every, everyone else is in double digits, I think, except for Invercargill and um, on the west coast there, France Joseph and Westport, they're all single digits, all sort of around 6 and 8 degrees. And Dunedin, from Dunedin up, it's all pretty warm, actually, 10 degrees in Dunedin, not bad for this time of the day. OK, let's look at the short forecast. Firstly, for Northland, Auckland and Coromandel Peninsula, you've got a morning cloud and patchy drizzle with fine spells, isolated showers about Coromandel this afternoon. For Waikato, Manawatu, including the central high country. Also for Gisborne and the Wairapa, you have areas of low cloud with a drizzle this morning and then fine spells for you. <laughs> uh, scattered showers. Uh, oh gosh, I'm glad I got that right. I've been saying it the other way around and it was a hard habit to break. We used to say that for a bit of a bit of a bit of a laugh, but you don't want to say it on the on the transmission as they used to say. Uh, as afternoon and evening, we've got mainly inland though those shattered scow- uh, scattered showers. Gosh, don't let me don't get me going. Um, some some are going to be heavy with possible thunderstorms as well. In Hora Wenua, is it? No, it's not Hora Wenua. It's Hora Fenua. No, 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 it's not that. What is it correctly? The correct pronunciation of that word down near Levin. Well, it's actually Horowinua. It's got an aspirated WH. My son taught me that. He's done some thorough research into this, my 23-year-old. Good on you, mate. Good good research. So it's it's probably just because they couldn't couldn't get their tongue around the, the aspirated WH. Whew. Most people can't. When we say where, most people just say where, don't they? And they forget about the where, because it's got a WH in it. It's aspirated. That's something we didn't learn at school, did we? Well, we did. But a lot of people didn't because you're too busy learning the Maori language, aren't you, in every subject at school? Never mind. It's going to be fine anyway down in Horowinua, and also Wellington, fine all the way down there. Uh, and hello to all my friends down in um, Kapitaraa, wonderful place. Nelson and Marlborough, you've got mainly fine weather today. Isolated showers inland this afternoon and evening. Low cloud and fog about the, um, gosh, did I start rumble? Let me check. Yes, I did. Okay, uh, back to the low cloud and fog. Where am I now? It completely it completely skipped down. So we're down near Nelson, up where yes, low cloud and fog, isolated showers. Yes, low cl- cloud and fog about the Kaikoura where the whales are. You can see whales from Kaikoura coast, Canterbury, Otago, and Southland generally fine. Now uh, you've got low cloud fog near the coast at times, and isolated showers about inland. Uh, inland Canterbury this afternoon and evening. For Buller and Westland, hello to you. Also Fiordland. I don't know, is anybody there apart from moose? Uh, patchy rain. I think I've been there once. Didn't see any moose. Patchy rain, lots of bush uh, about Fiordland. And uh, mainly fine elsewhere with cloud increasing this afternoon and patchy rain tonight. Just a bit of patch, patches here and there. And Chatham's low cloud, occasional rain. That's it for you. Uh, the extended forecast for the North Island tomorrow, Thursday, for the northern half, cloudy with rain developing elsewhere, breaks, fine breaks with a few showers developing. In the South Island tomorrow, rain or showers, that's in the west and south, morning cloud and drizzle clearing and then becoming fine elsewhere. Friday's not looking too bad, oh no. Periods of rain in the North Island, 
then it's going to be clearing. Oh, good. So Saturday could be all right. South Island showers in the west and a few showers developing elsewhere, some heavy. Okay, so good in the north for the weekend by the look of it. Partly cloudy in the north on Saturday in the North Island. And uh, you've got a few showers in the west, fine in the east. It's been very unsettled, hasn't it? In the South Island on Saturday, we've got uh, rain in the west and a few showers developing in the east with the southerly change. Chatham Islands, your long-range forecast, periods of rain with northerly strong at times. There we are. Well, that's great. Twelve minutes past, and we'll be back in a minute, and we'll have a, have a gander at the news and see what's going on with the propaganda and uh, see if we can dis- distill some of it and, uh, you know, bring you... Bring you news according to Grant. I, I'll try. I try not. If I was reading news, I wouldn't be putting myself in front of it, because you've got to be un, uh, unbiased. You have to read the news. Can't even. You can't even have an inflection in your voice, or you know, your tone has to be just reading the news. You can't put yourself in front of the news. I notice that's what's happening today. Um, but of course, when I just go over the newspaper, I'm just I'm reading it out like we're sitting in a you know sitting on the couch or in a cafe. You know, just sort of reading the paper. You know, before we, or reading the paper with your wife or something, uh, over over breakfast. Oh, look at this! Did you see this, dear? Yes. Oh, goodness me! Got CCTV cameras in in Auckland. I see. Oh, that's good. We keep an eye on everybody. <laughs> so you know, it's just my opinion. That's all it is. I'm, I'm, I'm very opinionated. 13 past five, back in a moment. Did you see that interview with him? He said, do you want Russia to win? He goes, no, I want people to stop dying. Yeah. Do you want Ukraine to win this war? I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people. Mr. President, can I just follow up on that? Because that's a really important statement. Excuse me, let me just follow up. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You know. It's crazy that that's a controversial statement. Yeah, and it's crazy that because he's saying it, right. they invalidate it. Exactly. It's so weird. Like, it's not good to blow each other up. That's truth. It's yeah. truth. Yeah, that guy's on Joe Rogan. I quite like Joe Rogan, except when he says the F word every five seconds. I mean, we all let it slip from time to time. But not on the radio, you know, not not on not on on your YouTube channel. Come on, Joe, you've got a bit more in you than that, haven't you? Is, is it getting better? I don't know. I don't listen to them all the time, but I have these clips. People send me this stuff. They say, "Oh, look, you put this on you." Okay, so I put it on. Okay, we're over at Radio New Zealand, and uh, it's getting close to quarter past five. Hope your morning's going all right. Got the tea on, or coffee on, or whatever. Don't drink too much coffee. Why not? Go on. It's apparently good for you. I can remember one day. I was in a cafe with a, a dear friend who has actually just passed away, just gone to be with the Lord now, Derek Pierce. So um, thoughts and uh, my thoughts and prayers go to the family, to Lily and the family. Just a, a lovely man he was. Just a lovely man. Taught me so much about the Bible, about life in general, about um, a property, investing, um, trading properties, that sort of thing. Taught me an awful lot, actually. Very, very clever man. He's a genius, in fact. He's also a Greek scholar, uh, a Bible scholar and a Greek, the Greek language. His wife is Greek. He said, I know a little Greek. Yes, that's Lily. So anyway, my thoughts and prayers go to you, to your family. And he was, a, he was a great man, although he wouldn't want us to say that about him because he always put the Lord well ahead of him. He, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't tolerate anyone saying, you know, saying that he was great. At all, he was just a humble servant, as far as Derek was concerned. Wonderful man, Richard. Some people knew him as Richard, 
but a very clever, very intelligent man. God had really blessed him with, with wisdom. Anyway, so that is that, and I'm not sure how I got onto that, but anyway, there we are. So it's just half past. Anyway, okay, so I'm not sure when the funeral's going to be for that. And also, my uncle Neville, he passed away on the same day, on Saturday. He was a great preacher. He's down in Wakatani, and uh, thoughts and prayers with Alan and Charmaine and the family, and also to um, Anne, Neville's wife. Um, she's my cousin, and so he's not really my uncle, but he was a wee bit older. And so we just call them uncle. You know how you do. Youngcles, you do that. Okay, so we're on the front page of Radio New Zealand. Uh, and we've got, oh, and by the way, if you're listening, if you're out driving in your truck and you're hunters, well, you make sure you go, if you're going near Huakatani, call in to see Alan at Hunting and Fishing. He's the owner of, a, of one of the most successful hunting stores in the country. That's Alan. And I know that um, Neville, his dad, was very instrumental. Neville and Anne, both of them worked very hard when he started off in just a garage making fish lures, Alan, and now he's a highly successful, you know, be getting up there near retirement now, he'd be a wee bit younger than me, but he's got a very, very successful store and he's been very generous and very kind to me when I go in there, he always gives me a big discount. He's been fantastic. He, he looks after, he's a good bloke too, good bloke and very good hunter and his children and grandchildren too, this he's got grandkids now, and they're good hunters as well. Boy, that little little fellas can bring down a bring down a deer. Good good meat, good eating. So if you've got any <laughs> if you've got any venison, send it my way. Package it up, put some ice around it, put it in a chili bin, and send it up to me. Okay, we are on news, uh, doing news at Radio New Zealand, and this has got to stop. Up in Northland, calls for strict dog controls laws following two deaths, and we had that elderly lady went out just putting the out, up in Moriwa. She was putting the um, the washing on the line. And a dog just came into the property and mauled it to death. And the neighbour had to come over and shoot the dog. So the far north, they want strict dog controls. And they want more prosecutions of owners who flout the rules after the two deaths in Northland. Just absolutely unreal. Soupy directors, they've stood down. They, this is why they stood down. Because remember, they, that's Soupy. That's, now, Soupy is the... Um, it's like an independent online grocery store. Started in 2021. Uh, I think her name was Sarah Ball. I called her Borle because I thought it might have been a flash name, but it's just probably Ball, isn't it? So they put people to knee on it, like Clark with a knee, you know. Jacinda, or oh, the Dame, Dame Jacinda's... Um, is he a husband yet? I don't think they'll ever get married, will they? No, what's the point? What's the point? It's over now. Don't need a husband. Uh, okay, so um, anyway, the super directors, they have um, they stood down and they tell us why they stood down. It was for a very good reason. Ben Creeps. Uh, Creeps? I guess it's Creeps. He, he says the online supermarket failure is tragic for everyone, but he said there's a lot more people lower down the food chain, if you'll pardon the pun, than the workers who are owed wages. A lot of people lost money. Everyone's lost money on that one. And over in Australia now, this is front page news for the Radio New Zealand, and it says more than 50 homes have been lost in Queensland, Queensland bla, bla, uh, bra, blazes. Gosh, having trouble getting the words out. I have to get up early. If I'm not up, if I'm not, I'm not out of bed by three, and I wasn't this morning, um, my, my tongue doesn't work properly and I can't get the words out. It just, I don't know. It's one of those things. I do all these exercises and everything just to try and just so I can talk to you, talk to you all. Anyway, um, emergencies—they've been blazed. Emergency warnings for New South Wales: more than 80 bushfires have been burning across Queensland, destroying more than 50 homes. While the New South Wales has been under a threat 
from 10 emergency level fires. We'll look at that a bit later on. And, uh, oh dear, not good news for building at the moment. Sharp, a very sharp construction downturn is likely as residential consents have slumped. According to Statistics New Zealand, they say that the number of residential building consents issued in September was 20% lower than the previous year. So that's not great, is it? A police officer had just one day of active shooter training before the terror attack. That's not good. That's not so good, is it? And uh, what else have we got here? Uh, there's been no stampede for EVs ahead of the clean car discount demise. So now, I think that's one of the things that um, the National Party, the right wing of the globalist vulture, uh, <laughs> they're going to get rid of the EV. Um, what do they call it? The sort of the, they give you a little money, a little incentive. But look, people aren't running out to buy these things anyway. You get the odd, you know, sort of the rich boys that you like to show off and buy the Tesla, and they, you know, they just go from the the hotel. What is it? They're, probably some of them live in a hotel. <laughs> uh, or they live in a you know an apartment building and they just you know, have it plugged in all night and then they just go up the road to the to the, another high rise building where they work for the day and plug it in there and they don't have to go far but for serious people that are out there doing proper work you know drivers and stuff like that imagine what you'd need on the farm what sort of a battery bank you'd need imagine all the poor little little kids or you know that they have these little children mining for the materials that go into these batteries it's just disgraceful really we'll have a listen to um a fellow that knows all about energy in a moment as well, when we actually look at that story in a bit more depth. So we're just looking at the front page just to see what's what's rattling uh, today at um, Radio New Zealand, and we'll look at the others as well. So they're not, you know, not sort of um, people aren't getting too excited about EVs. What's an EV? An electronic vehicle, is it? No, electric, electric vehicle. Oriental Bay residents, they're all up in arms about the proposal uh, to allow dogs on the beach off off a leash. You can't have them off a leash. The trouble is people don't know how to look after their animals. They don't know. They can't control them. And it's, it's a bit of an art to it. We we learn it so that when when the dog comes, I can give you a bit of a trick, actually. I'll, I'll tell you now how, what you do. You have a long, 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 thin line on your dog, a long, thin line. You let him go out there and play and carry on like that. And then you call the dog. And as soon as you say, come here, you yank that lead quite severely so that it hurts. Don't break his neck, but give it a good yank and then call him. Okay, he doesn't know it's you yanking his neck. Call him and keep calling. And while you're pulling him as fast as you can, you know, like hurting him, give him a good jerk. And then he or she comes, you give her a good pat, good girl, good boy. Good boy, that's a good boy. Come, yes, yes, and then just let them wander off again, you know. And they get all distracted by smells and whatever. Some other dogs poop, <laughs> or a possum, or something picked up a <laughs> scent or something. And then when they when they're not concentrating, and then you call them again, you yank it again hard. Now you let them run out, you know, twenty, thirty meters or more, a long line, even more. And then you just, the longer the line, the better. But it's got to be quite a lightweight line, otherwise it'd be too heavy. So, you know, like a, a fairly strong, probably a fishing line to do. Uh, just a thin line, maybe some of that spectra or something like that. I don't know, it's quite expensive, isn't it? But you know what I mean. Can't be big rope because it's just going to be, you know, be given the way. But you've got to give them a good jerk. You've got to hurt, hurt the little sod. You do have to hurt them. They've got to learn to come when you call. But when, when they come, you can't growl at them if they don't come. When they come to you, then you give them lots of praise. They think, oh, gosh, this is good. So when I... 
so they'll come running so they're they're in a bit of pain wondering why their neck's getting jerked but then when they come to you they know that you're you're going to be there giving them praise and patting them and you're their mate you know and they're leaning up against you they've got their foot on your foot their paw on your foot and you pat the side and give them a good little rub this is a good boy that's a good boy good girl that's how you do it give them a good pat like that can you hear give them, oh, they probably don't like being patted give them a good rub I don't know if I'd want to be patted. <laughs> give them a good rub. Give them lots of love. And then let them wander off again. Just do that for a while. And then you'll find that as soon as you call that dog, come here. They come straight to you. And you give them praise every time they come. Never hit a dog when it comes to you. Never, never, ever. So that's how you get your dog. That's how you get control of a dog off the leash. But people don't know this, you see, because they don't want to pull. The, they don't want to hurt the dog at the start, you see. They don't want to do that. They're too weak. And of course, you've got to be—you've got to be strong. You've got to be the alpha leader. You have to be the leader of every animal that you have in your care. With a horse, you're the leader. They don't tell you. They don't decide where they want to go. I see women on horses, and they <laughs> it's just ridiculous. They'll say, "Oh, he doesn't want to go over there," and just say, "Well, look, who's riding this horse? <laughs> Is he taking you for a ride, or are you going for a ride on him, or her?" So that you've got to be the boss with horses. But you know. You've got to ask, and you can get them. You can get them. So the horses that I've trained, you know, just very they they'll just want to please you. So you've got to ask. There's um very interesting actually animals. Very interesting. I I really enjoy it. I'm going back. I'm getting some more horses again. I used to train horses, and I'm going to I'm getting a couple of standard breeds actually for the farm here, because I don't trust what's happening in the future. I don't know if we're going to have fuel. And I don't want to be um, pouring out money. I just think they're going to make it very difficult for farmers. And so I'm going back and um, back to horses. And also, I look. I'm looking at some firewood. Uh, there's some tractor there that need to come down. And it's pretty. I've got the big, reasonable tractor. It's a hundred hundred horsepower tractor, reasonable size. But get, how do I get that in there? The best trees. I looked. At, I surveyed the trees before the rains came this week. And I was looking at them, and I thought, Wow, wait, how am I going to get them out of there? And um, so really it's a horse. I'm going to do it with a horse. I'm going to build a forecart and then I'm going to, and I've done plenty of harness, harness work with horses. So I'll basically just train, train one first, then the other, just a long, long re- uh, rein them. You just walk behind them with the reins and just don't get too close and get kicked. <laughs> but if you get them young enough, I like to, I like to get a horse, oh, I'll get them when they're about, you know, eight months old, nice little wendlings. Very, very nice. Just before they're, you know, rising yearling, they're good. But they still kick you. They can kill you. Got to be careful. Get them used to. All, I don't know. I'm going into it. I shouldn't go into it anyway. But that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a horse to help me do some logging, and because we have to do it here, it's just too boggy, isn't it, in New Zealand? In in Aus- in America, where it's snowy, it's great. They do all their logging. They do fell all the trees and pull all the logs out, in with the snow. So it's real easy. But here, you you don't really want mud and dirt and stones all over your logs so when you put them through like if you're going to um, maybe cut some up so you've got some pine trees and you want to make some boards out of it um through the mill well it's not so good you know what i mean you get stones in there and then those blades aren't cheap you know 60 70 bucks for a for a bandsaw blade not not so good at all but um so we do it in the summer so it's really hot i like to start i was going to start now before it gets too hot but then all that rain came so it's probably going to be another week a week to dry out before I can drive up over it but the horse is the answer because I could start earlier then 
and I'll just put some wheels on. I'll have um, my little um, log, my log arch, and I'll just put some decent little pneumatic tyres on the back. That'll help the wee horse um, take take the logs out. And then once, probably I'll put. I haven't actually ran two run two horses together as a team, but that'll be interesting. I'll have to jig around with the with the with the gear and all that with a bit of, on the horse. I've got plenty. I've got all the stuff. I've got yokes. I've got all the stuff. And uh, it was always my plan to do that anyway, but. And now it's becoming even more important that you're probably going to need a, a horse to help you. And even if there wasn't going to be a shortage of fuel, which is coming, you know, let's let's face it, they shut down Marsden Point. That's not just New Zealand that's done that. They've done that in other countries as well because they the globalists want every country to be reliant on other countries. We've got to be interreliant so that they don't want us a, a, um, a nation state looking taking care of itself because then they're too hard to manage. So they want us to come all under come under this one world government. That's what's coming. Surely you can see that. So um, yeah, so that's why they have to control everything, control the food. You can see they're trying to do that. Poison poison the um, the meat up in the hills and the bush there with 1080, so you can't eat it, and pretend that it's there to save the birds. But birds are dying from 1080 poisoning. You see these possums wandering around the daylight half days. You know it's 1080. Guarantee it gets into the waterways. Then you start drinking it. Uh, some people they had um, they ate a pig, that's right. They hunted a pig and and, um, and they ate that pig. And they tried to make out the authorities tried to make out that they'd got botulism somehow. You know the dangers of going and getting wild animals. That pig it had been eaten ten eighty. You can guarantee it. And they, it was ten eighty. That's what it was. And they all tried to cover it up. Anyway, so there we go. Uh, so we're back here, Oriental Bay residents, they're all upset about the dogs off the leash as well. Hamas, they say, that, well, they've been, it fires on Israeli forces, pressing a ground assault. So the Israelis have got to go in there and they've got to take that whole area, take it all back. It belongs to them. It was given to them by God Almighty. The, um, he uh, promised it to Abraham, the father of the Jewish people. He wasn't a Jew when he started out, but he... <laughs> But he became one. And uh, he says, I'm going to make you a, a peculiar people. And that's what God said to them. They are peculiar. And he's going to make them peculiar. So the world looks at them and they think they're peculiar. And uh, But that's 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 what God has done. He wants to make them separate from everybody else. The um, And who are we to decide who's his, if he's got pets? And he has. He loves it. Why is that? Because Abraham believed God. That's why. That's what God just wants you to believe him. Imagine not being believed. It's horrible, isn't it? Not being believed. One of the worst things that can ever happen to you when you say you tell the truth and no one believes you. <laughs> anyway, so Abraham believed God. They all believe God. That's really the gospel. Just believe God, isn't it? If you think about it. Believe what he said in that book. We won't make a liar out of him. Anyway, so Hamas need to go. They're all they're all Arabs anyway. But there are some good Arabs. There's a lot of them living in Israel. They're in the Israeli Defence Force. They don't want to be terrorists. So it's really it's a war on Islamic terrorism. And it is Islam, and they all try and make up. The, the only ones that really don't, um, the Muslims, you know, they say there's good Muslims. Oh, yeah, we'll soon find out. You just watch. They'll be raising their ugly head very sh- very soon. We've allowed too many of them to come into our country. The problem with Islam, it's not the Muslims, it's the Quran and the Hadiths. They teach them to kill the unbelievers. And people go, oh, well, the Bible says that. Yes, but not just, what you know, willy-nilly. There's always a reason for everything. Like when God sent um, uh, Joshua uh, in the 13th century BC, when he sent him into the land of Israel, it was called Canaan then. The Canaanites had been warned by God over and over and over to stop their wicked ways, and they wouldn't. So God used the Israelites, the Israelis, 
to come in, the children from the 12 tribes, to come in and, and destroy them. He uses your enemies to destroy you. And that's what he did. He, and, you know, when the Jews, when they, when they, they decided, the, the heads, you know, what do they call it? The, the Pharisees, they decided that, that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. They'd made up their mind. No, no, he's a false prophet. And that's what they, that's what they said. And so God punished, God punished them for rejecting him. But fortunately for us, because they'd rejected um, the save, their Savior, which was promised in the, in the Old Testament that he'd come, they missed out the parts. They didn't see the fact that he had to come and suffer and, and die, uh, die for them, that he had to give his life, which was perfect, never sinned, never did anything wrong, never looked at Mary Magdalene with sort of like to lust after her. None of that. Absolutely perfect. None of us can do that. And he became a perfect offering like a lamb. The Jews offered a, a lamb for the sins of the people every year at Passover. That's when the angel passed over the houses and everybody that was inside the house that had the blood of that lamb on the door posts and lintel. That goes, that's the piece that goes across the top of the door when the angel, probably Michael, when he passed over and he saw that blood there, everybody that was inside that home was safe from the destroying angel, Michael probably. He's the battle guy. And they passed over, but everybody else, all the Egyptians lost the, f the firstborn. And, the, and he was warned. That Pharaoh was warned over and over and over. And that's what God did with the Canaanites. He warned them over and over. You're going to lose that land. I'm going to give it to, I'm going to, give it to people that, that believe in me, that trust me and obey me. And so he did. He gave it to, those, he gave it to the Israelites. And so he promised them. He said, right, I'm going to promise your descendants all of that land, the children of the promise. And so he gave it to, um, that promise was also reiterated again. God gave it to um, Isaac, that's Abraham's son. And, of course, we know the story that, uh, that um, Sarah was quite old. Abraham's wife Sarah was quite old when God promised her a child. And this was before Isaac came, and, and she didn't really believe God. She mocked, really. And so she said, well, take my handmaiden, my Egyptian handmaiden, and have a child with her. Otherwise, uh, we won't have any children. And so he did. And so he slept with Hagar, an Egyptian handmaiden. Of course, men in those days had, were allowed to have plenty of wives, if you wanted to. But the promise wasn't for Hagar. The promise was for Sarah. God said Sarah and Abraham would have a child. Their descendants would inherit all of the land from almost, you know, almost southern Russia all the way down to almost North Africa, from the river Euphrates all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. That's the land that belonged, God has given to Abraham. Not Abraham and Ishmael, Hagar's son, He's the father of the Arab nations. And that's why I've got all the trouble in the world now with the Jews and the Arabs hating one another. And so that promise was for Abraham, Isaac, not Ishmael. He said, I'll make you a great nation, but you'll be a wild man. And that's what he is. He's a wild man. And the Roman Catholic Church harnessed the children of Ishmael, harnessed them, to kill all the Jews and to kill all the Christians. 
So why would the Roman Catholic Church want the Christians killed? Huh? I thought they were Christians. No, they're not. They're a counterfeit Christianity. It's actually paganism. Modern-day paganism. Babylonian goddess worship. And so they harnessed the Muslim people, wrote the Quran, gave it to them, took it through Fatima, gave it to Muhammad, and he created this religion, Islam. comes out of the Catholic Church. They have rosary beads and everything. And they used to have a moon god. The, the Arabs there, they used to they, they went off the rails, of course, went away from God. And they had their moon god, and that's that crescent, that little crescent moon. So they used to be, you know, idolaters. <laughs> idolaters. So anyway, so then the promise God gave the promise to Abraham, Isaac, not Ishmael, the Arab father of the Arabs. And then Isaac, he reiterated it to his descendants. Isaac had Jacob, who later became called, his name was Israel. You know, Jacob, he was a bit of an interesting fellow. But he believed God, and so on and so forth. And they are, they are the forebears of Jesus Christ. He was fully God and fully man. And his father wasn't Joseph. His mother was Mary. She was his mother. But his father was God Almighty. And he supplied the blood. And then he could have sinned, but he didn't. Because he was fully man. And then he offered himself as a ransom to buy us back. Because we've broken God's laws. And God is a just God. And he, he can't let people off. Because he wouldn't be a a just judge. You wouldn't expect the judge to let you off. That wouldn't be righteous, would it? No, people have to pay the penalty. But imagine if you were found guilty in a court. He said, right, you've got to pay. Let's just say, you know, you've, you've found guilty. You've got to pay $1,000. And the judge says, right, I find you guilty, and you guilty as charged, $1,000. You have to go and pay the bailiff. And then the judge takes off his robes, and his little white, his, you know, that wig. <laughs> Do they still wear wigs? I don't know, probably not. 25 to 6 too, by the way. He takes off his robes and he goes down to the bailiff's office, the judge, after he's found you guilty, and then he pays your fine. He pays the $1,000 on your behalf. He said, I'll pay for it. I'll, I'll do it. That's what God has done for us. He's found us guilty because we've broken his Ten Commandments. All of us have. And then he went and paid for he paid the fee the he paid the penalty for those us breaking those commandments. It says the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And so God Himself, God became one of us, came to earth as a man, and he lived a perfect life so that he could be offered as a ransom for our sins. If you've seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, C.S. Lewis wrote that to show a picture. That's a picture of what God did for us with Jesus. The Lion is the Lion of Judah. And he was sacrificed by the witch, which is symbolic of the devil. And all those, all her um, sort of beasts that were with her, they're all devils. Demons, they call them today, but devils is the correct term. And so he gave his life for something that he didn't do, 
He often, remember, in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, the, the lion offered himself, Narnia. And it's all cold and snowy, and that's, a, that's symbolic of sin in the, earth, in the world. And those children that were there in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, that's the church. That's symbolic of us. And so the lion gave his life for something that Reuben, I think, one of the kids had done, done something, dobbed somebody in or something. And so the lion paid for it, but he, remember, he was killed on that altar. His blood was shed. And then what happened? He, he rose again, didn't he? And so C.S. Lewis wrote that. And I don't know, these people realize what, do they know what, what he was saying? That's a picture of Jesus Christ. His offering on the cross, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Have a look at the scene. You can, you'll find it on YouTube. The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. The um, uh, Aslan's, that scene, Aslan's death. That was him offering himself for someone else. He laid down his life for someone else. And that's what God has done for us. God came to earth and he became one of us. He became in human form, fully God, fully man. He could have sinned. But he didn't, and he didn't. He did it for us, and then he offered himself as a perfect, pure, without spot or blemish, sacrifice, the Lamb of God. That's why John the Baptist said, when Jesus came to be baptized, that's why he said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, if you believe." But if you don't believe, he can't save you. And that's the unpardonable sin, is that you reject God, that you don't believe what he said by faith. Little children understand it. Little kids know that they were they know that they didn't come from a rock. Adults teach them satanic lies that they evolved from a rock. You say, Well, it didn't come from a rock evolution. Evolution doesn't answer the question, where did life begin? It's a pretty poor example of how life evolved. I believe in microevolution. You just got to see it. Watch when you're breeding animals. You can you can change. I mean, the dogs we've got today, even the even the um, oh the the Shih Tzu, isn't it? Whatever one of those ones. Um, that came, they all come from wolf. They're dog kind. And people say, oh, how would Noah get all those different species on the on the ark? Well, it didn't didn't talk about species. There wasn't. It, he put kinds. The evolutionists hate you talking about kinds. The Bible says kinds. So there wasn't that many, actually. With macro, with microevolution, um, all the dogs we have now come from a wolf. And it's only about 3,400 years ago. It's not millions of years ago. It doesn't take long to change. You can, you know, breeding. And that's what's happened. And Pete, the reason why we've got different people, different colors, is because they live in different parts of the world. God knows that you need more vitamin D. The ones that went up north, not much sun up there, so their skin's lighter after you know a few thousand years, three and a half thousand, wasn't that long. When was the flood? Yeah, about three and a half thousand years ago. And then those that live in the in the really hot climates, well, they don't need quite so much vitamin D. So God's made their skin darker, and that's just what happens. And why He's created the whole earth. And so there's three types of human being that came off that ark. They're the three sons of Noah. So there's the Japhethite who went north, and we, we descend, the Europeans descend from the Japhethites. We are, that's our forefathers. 
and then you've got the um, Ham. That's the other son. I think it's Ham, isn't it? Yeah, Ham. He went to Africa. So he's, he's around the hot parts. So his skin got darker. Darker over the last three and a half thousand years. And then you've got the Shem, haven't you? And Shem is sort of all the Asians. It's sort of um, you're all the Asians, all the islanders, the Maoris, they all come, they're all Shem. The Jews are from Shem. All the people from the Middle East there are all Shemites, people that live in that area. And that's the way God's done it. We all come from three men. Japheth, Shem, and Ham, the three sons of Noah. I think I've got Ham. I sometimes think of Cana. I don't know why. Anyway, so yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. So how did you get onto that, Grant? Oh, I've got no idea. It's 16 minutes to 6. And um, when we come back, when I come back, because it's just the me, just me here, uh, we'll have a look at News Hub and see what they've got on the boil. There's an ethical view against animal abuse cookbook. and murder. If you're against animal abuse and murder, you never contribute it to it again. You may not have liked the fact that he went back to eating meat, but he was a vegan for quite a while. Well, people go by that label all the time, but if they actually truly hold their ethical view against Mm. animal abuse and murder, then they would never turn back on veganism. You know, Tommy, over here I railed against uh, uh, vegan sausage rolls. I didn't like the way they appropriated the language of meat products. I don't think vegan companies should be allowed to use words like sausage rolls or steaks because that's meat. That's yeah, right. exactly. And they're filled with soy and fillers and other disgusting things that you actually don't want to put into your body. And meat tastes good. That's why all of these fake meat companies try to make it taste like meat. It never actually comes to fruition because it still tastes like crap. Yeah, they're kind of the, the, the vegans, you know, the ones that you know, the activist vegans, you know, they're kind of young and stupid, if you ask me. They sort of they, they've got to they've got to. They have to be part of some movement, some protest, and make themselves feel like they're worthwhile. So they've got to be, got to be in something, you know. Vegans, I think they, and I think that they suffer a lot, really, because they're not properly. They haven't got a lot of nutrition in them. Uh, vegans, you've got to eat a truckload of beans to get the same amount of iron. I can just have one mouthful of meat, <laughs> and I get enough. I, I get enough iron out of that. Just one mouthful, and more than they probably have a sack of sack of beans to get the same. And uh, oh, I, I've tried it. Honestly, you just sort of you're forever on the toilet. <laughs> I went to stay with a friend of mine. Um, that he's he's a vegan. They're a lovely family too. Lovely family, but they're Seventh Day Adventist. You know, then they so they they think they want to. They think they're um, living in the Old Testament times. I think they, they're Christians, but they want to be Jews. They want to live like Jews before, you know, live under the Old Covenant, you know, the Ten Commandments. They're living under that. They don't realize that, that we've been freed from the, from the curse of the law. But the only way they can make it work is they have to separate the old ceremonial laws from the Ten Commandments. But that's not exactly what, um, what the Bible's talking about there, because... None, no one knows what the old ceremony. No one. You go talking to someone. We don't know what the Jewish ceremonial laws are. But but when Paul's talking about the law, he's talking about he's talking about the Ten Commandments. But they don't they don't know that we're free from that. We're no longer a Christian's not not under that. It doesn't mean we go off and break them, but it means that God has freed us from them. The curse of the law. That, that's that's uh, that's what He did for us on that cross. He said it's finished. Isn't that wonderful? That we can that don't have to worry about um, working our way to heaven 
on the instalment plan. If you want to become, if you want to earn your way to heaven, the the best one to join would be the Roman Catholic Church. Because, but you'll end up in hell because um, you know if you unless you do believe there are Christians in the Roman Catholic Church that have re- actually put their faith in the Bible Jesus, not the Catholic Jesus, which is Tammuz. That's a pagan pagan god, and you're not allowed to have any other gods before God. You see. And then other people, we create our own gods, don't we? We think that Jesus just loves everybody and everything's all fine. But the Bible, it's not like that. God hates and loves. He is angry with the wicked every day, the Bible says in Psalms. This is God, this is Jesus. (laughs) Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. He's angry with the wicked every day and he hates people that commit sin. He hates them. People say, oh, that's not right. Well, that's what the Bible says. But it says, for God so loved the world. Yes, that's right. Does that mean everybody? Not according to Psalms. Not if you continue willfully sinning against him. God is angry with the wicked every day, and he hatest all workers of iniquity. A lot of people say God hates sin. No, he doesn't. He hates the ones that commit the sin. They say he loves the sinner, but hates the sin. That is completely unbiblical. A completely unscriptural comment to make. You can't commit sin unless you have a sinner. (laughs) Sin itself is, well, it doesn't exist. We commit sin. See, he hates the people behind it. When they willfully sin against him, he he hates them. And Christians go, oh, no, you can't say that. But I just did, because it's true. God, I'm just quoting scripture to you. God hatest all workers of iniquity. He doesn't hate iniquity. And hates sin. He hates the workers of it that are behind it, unrepentant people that won't turn from their wicked ways and worship the true God. That's what God hates. All right, now we are over at News Hub, and it is, um, gosh, what time is it? It's 12 minutes to 6, and we've got the TNT radio news coming up at 6 as well. We're here on News Hub, and you can find them at newshub.co.nz, and it's all about surveillance this morning. They're trying to sell us the idea that it's a good idea to, to, for us to be fully surveilled, to have CCTV cameras everywhere. And while you were working, while you were you know, getting on with your life, just trying to get back to normal after the COVID pandemic, and you think it's all over, you're hoping it's all over, but while you were in lockdown and all that, they were busy from in 2020 putting, installing CCTV cameras everywhere. And it's been revealed that Auckland Council uh, on CCTV spending, they've been on a spree after the rise in antisocial behaviour, which I believe is co- that's all planned. That antisocial behaviour, it's happening in all over the world, and it happened since 2020. Agenda 20. Agenda 21. And uh, I believe that there are, there are people, they want, they want our societies to be absolutely in turmoil. Why? So that we will ask for some means of being able to stop us from being attacked by these people, these ram raiders and all this other. They're being put up to it. I can tell you now, something, there'll be money fuddled here and there and, you know, I don't know, George Soros or whatever. Who, there'll be, it'll be, it's happening. It's, you can see the pattern. You know, patterns are very, you can follow patterns. You can join the dots. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is happening. And why, why is it? Why do they want crime? I've always said this. They, they want crime to get worse. If I put my evil cap on, I would say, right, I need, if I were to take over the, 
the world. Okay, what would I do? Well, I've got to destroy what's here. I've got to get rid of the family, because that's no good. Okay, we're, they're doing that, aren't they? Labour was pretty good at doing that. And I've got to have crime increase. So that means I need a, a really weak police commissioner. <laughs> and he's just a mamby-pamby. And he just lets the criminals get off. And then we'll do the catch and release. And so we'll catch them and release them. And then we'll funnel money back into the crim- with the, give money to the criminals to help them get off P. Then we'll get that money from when we do a, a raid and, and we confiscate their stuff and then we just give it basically give it back to them and then we'll give them taxpayers' money and people will say, but there's all this crime and it's, that's a problem, isn't it? And then we'll react. Everyone's, gonna, everyone's reacting to it. Well, the crime, crime, and it's all on the news, crime, crime, people, you know, ram raiders, people being just, it's just out of control, isn't it? Because they want it to be out of control. But they're going to say, right, here's the answer. First of all, we need, a, we need to take away cash because the gangs and the criminals, they deal in cash. So we're going to take away the cash as if that's a good thing. It's not a good thing. Problem, reaction, solution. Now you've got the CTT cameras, that, those CCTV cameras, that we're going to help you stop the crime. So we're putting them everywhere to protect you. But no, 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 you're not. You're pretending that that's what you're doing. But all you're doing is you're taking away all our rights and freedoms and you're using crime you're allowing crime to get really bad so that you can bring in these changes so that we can be completely surveilled and have no privacy whatsoever, which we're entitled to. We're entitled to go about our life without the government knowing what we're doing. It's none of their business unless we break the law. Then it's their business. But they're going to watch you. So you won't be able to say anything. I won't be able to talk on the radio talk freely because they're going to be listening they're listening now they're watching and they've got they've got this is it's all designed to turn you into a slave what what they call a neo feudal slave and so this group of elites is going to be your master so we're heading towards slavery now and that cc that cctv spending spree that councils all over the western world have been doing going on is part of your enslavement. We're living. We're going to be living in smart cities, and we're going to be completely surveilled. And we won't be able to come and go. We won't be able to drive. They want us. We won't be driving cars. You can forget about that. You'll be walking around on Shanks's pony. You'll just be walking around. You, never mind the, the cars. We don't have the infrastructure for the electric cars anyway. So that's not going. That's not going to happen. The only people that are going to have those will be probably the very elite, the billionaires of the world. They will have them. We won't have them. We wouldn't be able to afford them anyway because we'll be living in a smart city. We'll own nothing and we'll be happy because we'll be enslaved and we'll be full of pharmaceutical drugs. So we'll be kind of dumbed down. They'll be putting fluoride in all the water, make sure there's plenty of it. They'll probably up the dose. That makes you a bit dopey, lowers your intelligence. So you won't be, um, you won't be, you know. They don't want people that are intelligent asking questions. They just want you to be, um, just toe the line. Just do your job. Just go to work. Do your job. Walk up the road. Do your job. Go to the supermarket. Buy all the food that's got RM. Uh, what is it? mRNA vaccines already in, in the animals. So you're eating that meat with all the vaccines already in it. You're completely um, controlled. We're watching you. Facial re- recognition. 
and that's how you'll live. And you might be allowed a scooter if you're a good boy. Might give you a scooter. You can use one of ours. We'll give you a free scooter ride if you're good. But if you say anything on social media that um, that's naughty, we can pick you up straight away. We'll just pick you up. There'll be no crime. They'll just pick you up at point of sale, won't they? You won't be able to sell anything. They'll make bartering illegal. So that's what's coming. And so our only hope, really, friends, our only hope to escape all this is is the Bible, is the Lord. Because he's made a way for us to escape it all. Because the, the devil wants to mark us all like animals, and that's coming. You can see that's coming, can't you? You're not going to be able to trade because you'll lose your credit card, won't you? It's no good having a credit card. You'll lose it. What, what are the problems with the credit card? So let's say they take away all the cash and they just give you a debit card. Or it's on your phone. We can lose it. You can bend it and break it. No, they'll say, no, we'll just put it, we'll just put it under your skin. The King James Bible says the mark of the beast is in the right hand, not on. The new versions have changed that a bit. They said on, all the new ones, but it's actually in. That's just why you need an old King James Bible. In the right hand or in the furrowed. And if you you don't have that mark, you can't buy or sell. And the poor old Seventh-day Adventists, they're out there, I don't know, it's deceptive really. They follow a woman who's a plagiarist, Ellen G. White, a 19th century American, who claims she... You know, she, she was the she was the greater the little light, the smaller light, leading us to the greater light. But you you shouldn't be shouldn't have a woman telling you what to do in the first place. So that's problem number one. But they say, people that I know, they say that they'll ta- oh they'll be happy to take a, a mark for trading, because they don't believe the mark of the beast is literally a mark in your right hand or in your forehead that you can't buy or sell. He it says he causeth all. They don't believe that. They believe it's just people that, that um, go to church on Sunday, people like me. And so they believe that, that Sunday worship is the mark of the beast. And so they're telling all the congregation this nonsense, a complete contradiction of what the Bible says in, cl- in plain English. God had that Bible written. He dictated it, didn't he? 66 books, 40, 44, isn't it? 44 authors, writers. God is, God is the author of it he inspires it inspired it all he's writing it to who us so he's going to put it in a language we can understand isn't he and he can translate from one language to the next he's done that now he's got it in english the end times language and he did it once and for all published the first one in english as we know it today 1611 there was a sort of anglo-saxon language before then but as we know it today it's the king james bible that's why webster used the king james bible to work out the definitions of, of words, the meanings of words in his Webster's Dictionary. He used the King James Bible because it's got a built-in dictionary in it. And if you want to know more about the built-in dictionary, you go to um, Ripplinger, Gail Ripplinger. She's, she's got plenty of books. One of them is called the New Age Bible Versions. Anyway, so and now I've lost my train of thought. It's two minutes to anyway. And I'll see if I can get it back. So we're actually, um, I better just have the TNT radio going in the background there while I'm talking to you. And actually, in in my right ear, I'm listening to uh, people uh, 
talking uh, you're just down you know talking badly about the Jews right now we've got Patrick Henderson who's an anti-semite and others are just uh, denigrating Israel looking after itself um, doing what 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 is right what would King David do if if the enemy came in and took all the children all the women and children and elderly when King David was king of Israel he would have got them all back by now and um, so there's been a lot of mucking around and the whole world is against the Jews why because the the enemy of the Jews is, is Satan he hates the Jews because they're God's chosen people and so as a Christian uh, we have to support Israel uh, we might they might have a bad government they may do but God God overrules God chooses who becomes prime ministers and presidents and he uses um, sometimes bad ones for his own you know to get what he wants uh, he's in control of what's going on in the future uh, so Israel is where it's all going to be happening the whole world is going to gather there all the armies of the world will gather in northern Israel at the valley of Medigo or Jezreel and um, and they're going to have a almighty battle and you can see why now can't you now you can see that when the Bible says something it always comes true okay and so um, we're, we're still on the front page of News Hub while we wait for the news which is just about a minute and a half away so let's uh, let's have a look New Zealand First also New Zealand First 47 most interesting and bizarre they put in brackets because they're doing a hit piece on Winston um, and you know not that he doesn't deserve it and uh, also on animals not worth it SPCA pleads Kiwis to put fireworks down this guy fox well you know train your animal it's just the problem is they've got neurotic owners. Just train your animal to get just get them used to loud noises and bangs. Gosh, we can fire off a shotgun with our dogs. Doesn't bother them at all. But you've got to get them used to it. Don't freak them out. See, it's the owners are freaked out, and then they freak the animals out. Uh, so you just have to get your animals used to uh, crackers. And uh, we need to c continue to support Guy Fox because it's actually the gunpowder plot when the Roman Catholic Church and all those Jesuits tried to overthrow. England, they tried to um, blow up the Houses of Parliament uh, on the um, 5th of November, and so we've got to remember that. That's why we've got to keep it going. That the Catholics, they hate Guy Fox because Guy Fox was a Roman Catholic. He was christened in St. Michael the Belfry up in, um, in uh, that's the, the big church that was a Catholic church back then in the 15th hundreds. Uh, yes, the 16th century, and then it became a Church of England. And I've been up there, I've seen that church. They're all there. All my um, forebears were christened in St. Michael the Belfry. Okay, we're going over to news right now. News with TNT Radio. To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at tntradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. A top advisor to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has reportedly admitted that corruption is so rampant in the war-torn former Soviet state that officials are stealing like there's no tomorrow. Speaking anonymously to Time magazine, what is alleged to be a top presidential advisor to Zelensky said that the Ukrainian government's efforts to stamp out corruption have proved fruitless, given that they were implemented too late to have any impact, including the firing of Minister of Defense Alexei Reznikov. The top advisor is said to have told the publication people are stealing like there's no tomorrow, saying that officials do not feel any fear of engaging in corruption because the firing of Reznikov and others took over six months after Zelensky was warned that the defense ministry was drowning in graft. In the first month of London's ULEZ expansion, around 60,000 vehicle owners paid the 12.5-pound daily charge. 
The figures by Transport for London show that since August 29th, there were 93,700 vehicles driving in London on an average day that didn't meet ULEZ standards. Around 36% of these vehicles were exempt. The drivers of the remaining number, approximately 60,000 vehicles, had to pay the fee for driving a non-compliant car. In response to around 3% of non-compliant vehicles, authorities are taking enforcement action over fees not being paid. Nigel Farage has warned of a religious war in the UK. as concerns continue to grow over the scale of UK-based protests in favor of Palestine. The total constituency um, are people of Islamic faith, and there are many mosques in the center of that town. So even in Peterborough, we see the effects of what I think is non-integration impacting on our politics. And then we saw the most astonishing events in Dagestan, in Russia at the weekend, an aeroplane coming in from Tel Aviv and people storming the airport, basically looking to try and get their hands on Jewish people and lynch them. So it isn't just on the streets of London that we see things that we find disturbing. It's happening everywhere. It's happening in Paris, it's happening in Brussels, it's happening in Berlin, where the slogan of 1945 of never again seems to have been totally and utterly forgotten. And I just wonder, and maybe it is a very strong thought, but I just wonder, are we heading towards some form of religious war? The upcoming summit in Malta is seen as a platform for Ukrainian officials to court neutral countries, according to the agency. China is likely to skip a major international meeting of security officials in Malta this week devoted to resolving the Ukraine conflict. The gathering, which is expected to be attended by representatives of more than 50 nations, will revolve around the Kiev-backed peace formula that is rejected by Moscow. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen International Affairs. Zelensky's peace summits that he's been touting for months. It all came to a screeching halt once the fighting broke out in the Gaza Strip. Zelensky has been effectively relegated to the back burner of international affairs. He's been touting this peace plan. The only problem, this peace plan doesn't involve any actual peace. So no surprise that the Chinese delegation are simply not interested. He's come knocking and they've told the little man in the green t-shirt to go take a hike. China says, we're busy at the moment. We don't have time to deal with you. Can you just go away for now? We've got bigger fish to fry, namely the brewing situation in the Middle East in Palestine where the Israelis continue their assault on the Gaza Strip and how this threatens to destabilize the region more broadly. That's what China's concerned with, not photo ops with Zelensky and his peace process that doesn't involve any actual peace. For TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen. Thank you, Patrick. All right, caught me off guard. I was busy reading something. We will be back in a moment with weather. Just one moment. Uh, what are we up to now? Six minutes past six. Yes, weather, weather is next. Do you only eat meat still? Yep. Talk me through a day's diet. Uh, strip wine. Strip wine steak. That's so you wake it. up in the morning. What do you have for breakfast? Strip wine. What do you have for lunch? Strip wine. <laughs> what do you have for dinner? Sometimes strip wine in soup. Do you have three steaks a day? That's yeah, it. yeah. No right vegetables guess. or anything? You just... Nope. Nothing, just the steak? Yeah. Do you have any sauce? No. I mean, it's kind of fascinating. How long have you done this? Six years? Yeah, six years in December. You look like you're bursting with good health. I mean, what do, what do the experts say about this? Uh, depends on the experts, but mostly, you know, you should have died by now is usually the reaction mm. I get. 
That's Jordan Peterson's daughter, Michaela. She's been on the meat diet for, oh gosh, it must be seven years now. I've been on it for five months. Best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. It's not entirely meat. I have um, protein. Basically, meat, like cheese, comes from the animal, doesn't it? Cheese, butter, all comes from the cow. Butter's good. I, I cook with butter. I do my liver, my sheep's liver with butter. Just delicious. Salt and pepper, that's all you need. I, I do marinate my, my liver. I cut it into strips, and I marinate it in milk. Though, just for you know, just doesn't matter, 20 minutes or, you know, a night or two. I'm not that fussed with the cow liver, I've got to say. It's all right. I eat it because it's full, packed full of, full of iron. So I do eat it. And kidneys, I'm not that fussed with them either. I have to cut them up very finely. There's something about the the kidneys, uh, just sort of a bit off-putting. And, um, but anyway, they're very good though. So you need to have organ meat. That's all part of it. Lots of fat as well. Make sure you get enough fat. All the, all the lies they told us that you don't want fatty food. It's actually nonsense. You want good quality fatty food. And stay away from um, you know oils that are um, you know plant-based oils. That's not what you want. I now just cook in fat. Rendered down beef fat. Uh, that's what I do. Just fantastic. I use a bit of olive oil, but you don't really know what's in it. There's all sorts of shenanigans going on. They blend it with um, canola, or can, uh, canola oil, which you do not want. They did a survey. Not a survey. They did some tests. On canola, sort of a laboratory, they got laboratory lab rats, and they were giving them canola oil. I can't track down the actual to back up the statement, but um, apparently they, the, the lab rats they were on this canola oil, they were developing sort of respiratory disease after a while eating eating the canola. It's made in Canada, Canada, Canada oil, canola, and uh, of course when the SARS one came out. <laughs> It was interesting that oh I don't I don't know if this is true but this is what I heard that a lot of the people that that got the the worst affected of the SARS one that's the first one so called virus I don't even know if I believe it anymore apparently Asians do a lot of cooking with canola and also in Canada because it's made in Canada so I don't know how true that is but you can look it up you do your own research <laughs> let's go to the weather shall we the extremes first of all Auckland Manukau 16.6 degrees that's the hottest place to be but I would have thought Palmerston North would be hotter but apparently not apparently Auckland and Manukau it's actually not Auckland Manukau is Manukau isn't it Manukau City it's not Auckland people say South Auckland it's not it's not at all that's just you know South Auckland no it's Manukau Manukau City it's huge 16.6 degrees anyway in Manukau Lumsden beautiful place down in Southland there just up from Invercargill Lumsden Hills is where I first learnt to ride uh, with a, with one of those stock saddles and I've got a stock saddle I'm going to be using that on my farm here uh, well I don't own all the farm <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a shareholder in this one Lumsden 3.1 degrees quite cold down there uh, Nugget Point 30 kilometres of wind that's the extreme and Huakatani 2.4 millimetres of rain is falling today temperatures right across the whole country we're all in double digit figures almost up to 20 degrees there in Palmerston North and uh, what have we got Auckland as well Manukau to be precise and the low temperatures are in uh, Dunedin with 8 degrees Queenstown has 4 France Joseph's on 7 and Westport's on 8 other than that everybody including Stewart Island and the Chathams are all up in the double digits now the short forecast for all New Zealand for Northland Auckland Coromandel Peninsula morning cloud and patchy drizzle and then you've got fine spells with isolated showers about Coromandel this afternoon for Waikato Manawa so yes, Manawa too, including the central high country and also for Gisborne and the Wairarapa. You've got areas of low cloud with drizzle this morning and then you've got some fine spells coming for you. So that's good, isn't it? On uh, You've also got scattered showers 
in the afternoon and in the evening though, so, but mainly inland. Okay, so if you're out on the coast, it's not going to be so bad. Some heavy though, with possible thunderstorms as well. I'm not sure whether that's for the whole area. I think that's just for inland. For Horowanua and Wellington, just fine weather. It's just going to be a beautiful day for you today. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, then Nelson, down at the top of the South Island. Nelson and Marlborough, uh, you have mainly fine weather. You have some isolated showers though, inland. That's going to be in the afternoon and evening, those isolated showers. And then you've got low cloud and fog about Kaikoura Coast. That's over on the west coast there at the top of the, sort of just going down from Picton. You hit, go down there and you can watch the whales and everything else. Canterbury, Canterbury, Otago and Southland, generally fine weather, but low cloud and fog near the coast at times and isolated showers about the inland Canterbury area this afternoon and evening. For Buller and Westland and Fjordland as well, patchy rain about Fjordland, mainly fine elsewhere. You have some cloud increasing from the afternoon though and you've got patchy rain tonight. And then for the Chathams, just a low cloud for you with occasional rain. So it all looks pretty good really, isn't it? Yeah, not too bad at all. It's 12 minutes past six. We'll be back with some more news. If you took, let's say, a hyper-rich 80-year-old woman and you said, well, you give away 99% of your fortune and now you inhabit the body that you had when you were 20 and then we could add to that the possibility of being stellarly beautiful, the probability that that woman would trade everything she has for that opportunity, you know, assuming she hasn't become disenamored of life, is extraordinarily high. Yes, okay, so the, we're back on the front page of News Hub. Haven't quite finished there. So the main stories are Auckland City Council on CCTV spending spree after a rise in antisocial behaviour. And we know that they've allowed antisocial behaviour to get to get bad because they want to bring in the surveillance. They want to surveil us, and so they have to have crime increasing. Uh, New Zealand First 47 Most Interesting and Bizarre Policies. You can read that one for you. Oh, can I have a look at it? Oh, not really. Not a fan of them anyway. Just tells too many fibs. Um, and also, um, you know, the nutty stuff with people worrying about their pets, you know, because they, they freak their own pets out, you know, with you just got to get them used to loud bangs. It's all good for them. Just got, you know, just way of training them. Anyway, and uh, you are sick, according to a US comedian. He is sick. He's under fire for mocking uh, Matthew Perry's death. And, what you know, c- comedians, they do find it hard sometimes. <laughs> they sort of, it is hard to, you know, you've got to try and find something funny. I mean, they are comedians. F- something funny about someone's death. I don't know if that's terribly funny. But anyway, he's in trouble. Uh, the shooting in Christchurch back in 2019. The first uh, armed offenders, the first officers to enter the Al Noor Mosque were frustrated by the delays in treating the injured. Apparently, one of the one of them there was wounded, and he was on the phone. Probably one of the actors. <laughs> he was on the phone. Oh, there were actors. Uh, he was on the phone for half an hour apparently it's all the stuff it's all this nonsense that we're hearing there um, if you if sooner or later uh, councilman media will come out with the with the truth of what's really happened that's probably why the police broke into their home and took all their computers because they wanted to know what they were working on mm, government wanted to because police aren't really the constabulary anymore they're sort of government enforcers aren't they they just enforce they're really just like thugs for the government. You've, you've still got the good cops in there, but they, they're very frustrated by it. A lot of them have left. The good cops have left. A bit like doctors. The, good, the great doctors have left and gone. They're doing other things now. And, and now we're left with state doctors. That's all. That we'll just do what the state tells them to do. Okay, dog attacks are on the rise. We had that over at the other paper, didn't we? This has got to stop. Growing calls for the far north. Strict dog control laws after two deaths. We've got enough dog control laws. There's, there's enough. They've been there for, you know, decades. 
probably 100 years or more about animals. You know, you've got to be responsible for them. If your dog goes off and bites someone else, the dog gets put down and you get fined. And simple as that. And you have to be and if, or put in jail. If you can't afford the fine, you stick you in jail. Got to be tough. Um, also, don't let me forget. Uh, now, let me don't let me forget about this. We're going to have a look and see what happened on this day in New Zealand history. I've got to do that. Can't forget on the first. Of, oh, by the way, pinch it a punch for the first of month and no returns. We're going to go back to 1898. We'll, we'll look at that in a minute. Oh, I should look at it now. No, we won't. We'll just finish off here. So, uh, animal attacks, and then what else have we got? That's pretty much it, really. Cruise ship season is um, that's shaping up to be a bumper season, and so that is uh, that's what we've got there on the front page of News Hub. Uh, so before we go to stuff and some of the other ones, we'll have a look and see what happened on this day in history here in New Zealand, sixteen past six. Here's something I remember from grade eight. I think this pissed me off more than anything that ever happened to me in junior high. And there were a lot of things that happened in junior high that I wasn't very happy about, and this was probably the top of the list. So I was a very fast reader as a kid, and I could generally read all the books for the year in English class in the first two or three days. And I would usually do that by reading those books behind a textbook in all the other classes. And so I remember telling my teacher that I had read all the books and her answer was, read them again. And I thought, you know, that's really a bad answer because what I just announced to you was that I already did all the work for the year this week. And the answer was, do the work you've already done again and make sure that you don't have any enjoyment whatsoever while you're pursuing it. Plus, shut the hell up and don't bother me again. What a rotten cow. Old age pensions in New Zealand. The Old Age Pension Act comes into law on this day in 1898. And I've got a picture of a lovely old chap there. The Old Age Pension Act gave a small means test pension to elderly men and women with a few assets who were of good moral character, had been leading a sober and reputable life for at least the previous five years. So you couldn't just sober up in the last few months. In the early 1880s, the colonial, which is a bad word, isn't it now, colonial, but it was a good word back in those days, the colonial treasurer, Harry Atkinson, he proposed a, he, a, a means test on a needs basis insurance scheme funded by levies on the workers and topped up by income from crown leases. And this would have allowed the payment of modest, you know, modest payment for orphans and widows and also sickness people and people that are old, old. There was, as long as they were of good character and sober, they got the old age benefit. And it was an idea ahead of its time, really, 1898, on this day. Atkinson's parliamentary colleagues, though, they gave it a cool reception. They weren't too happy about it. You had to look after yourself and your families had to look after you. That's what they believed. Probably quite right, too. But um, in 1889... Germany introduced an old age pension, uh, which which um, employers that they and workers and the state made contributions. New Zealand's 1898 legislation created the first such scheme that was fully funded from general taxation, and it was one of the major achievements of Richard Sneddon's Liberal government. The liberal social and economic reforms attracted international interest and were seen as symbolising New Zealand's egalitarian ethos. The groundbreaking legislation of 1898 was based on the principle that the state had some responsibility for respectable elderly citizens. They had to be respectable, not down and outers, and, and they were, that were no longer able to provide for themselves. The amount on offer was small, though. Applicants had to meet strict criteria to qualify for the pension. 
uh, almost £18 per year. <laughs> That's the equivalent of about 4100 in this year, $4,100. So that's what you get. And only those with an annual income of £34, which is around about 7700 so it's not very much, is it? I don't know anyone that could survive on that for the year, or less, and property valued no more than £50, which is about 11300 That's this year, you know, like in this right now, 2023, 11300 You have a property, you can imagine trying to buy property what can you buy for that you can't even buy a trailer to put your house on <laughs> for 11000 and proof was required that the applicant was aged at least 65 although magistrates they were allowed a little bit of latitude there in assessing the age of Maori claimants whose birth had not been registered applicants had to live in New Zealand they've had to have lived here for at least 25 years and but the trouble is chinese and asiatics they were specifically denied the pension. Uh, if they'd been naturalised, it didn't make any difference, um, even if they were legally British citizens. So that's really unfair. That is very unfair because they've contributed an awful lot to our society, the Chinese. Um, wow. I mean, they just, I guess they think, well, they, they, they get up at, as soon as the sun comes up, they're up working in the market garden. And when the sun comes down, they go inside. And so you don't really see very many poor Chinese, do you? Do you see any Chinese on the streets begging, out of work? I don't know. If, I don't know if I know one. I don't know anyone that's out of work. An Asian that's out of work. They all work. They love it. They love it. They love work. They've got the right, you know, the right um, attitude, haven't they, towards work? We don't seem to have that here in this country, and that's because we keep giving them handouts, give give people money that they don't need. Instead of, you know, okay, an emergency, yes, but it should just be for an emergency. You can't just keep giving people money for nothing. So that happened on this day, November the 1st, uh, 1898, we had the pension. So you, but, you, but remember, you had to be of good moral character, and you had to have your ass, very few assets, and um, you had to have a, be sober and a reputable life for the last at least the last five years. You had to have been on the straight and narrow, 20 past six, and we'll go back to the newspapers in just a minute. Oh, they yeah. gave me so much press, John, so much press. Billions, they say, frankly, billions of dollars. Can you believe this? <laughs> billions of free press. I said, keep it coming. We're going to jail. Even if he goes to jail, he'll make it cool, right? <laughs> We're going to jail, right? Nobody goes to jail like I do. El Chapo couldn't do it that quick. He couldn't do it that quick. <laughs> Al Capone took him so long, even... Winona Ryder, that sad, fat pig. She couldn't do it that quick. Now we're going to make jail so great, John. 20 past, 20 past six here, and we're looking at stuff right now, stuff.co.nz, Auckland school wins suppression bid after deputy principal found with child sex abuse material. Former deputy principal Lawrence Stevens, he was jailed, uh, jailed, not for long though, after being found with child sex abuse material. The school he taught at has now been granted permanent name suppression, but it's pretty easy, just go and look him, look him up, and you can see where he is. Just do a bit of research. Although one of the pages that I did go to, it had been been blocked. So I think that's what they're doing. They're out on the internet. They've got full control, you know, full control of us. Soon, the internet was supposed to be power to the people, 
It was supposed to be freedom for us, power for us. Oh, look, I've got water boiling. I'll be back in a minute. I'll be back right back in just one moment. We'll just have Robert Kiyosaki. He's great, isn't he? 22 past six. America's one of the most corrupt countries. Look at this guy, President Biden. Biggest criminal I've ever seen. He's a terrible man. The reason I know that is because I'm a capitalist. Biden is a communist. So in 2020, Biden gets elected. He beats my friend Donald Trump. Very good friend of mine. We are capitalists. But the communists and the socialists and the crooks hate him. I'm an oil guy. I own oil wells like Mr. Tom. See, the rich own commodities. Mm. There was a pipeline running from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. Biden cut that off. What does that mean? I was selling oil in those days for $30 a barrel. Went to $130 a barrel. That's dollars. I knew exactly what Biden was doing. He was going to destroy the middle class. So there'd be two classes of people, rich and everybody else poor. So Biden is one of these guys here. And this man here is a capitalist. It's very bad in America, but they don't tell you that. Tell me a password. Mm-hmm. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Hold on. Let me write it down. Let me punch it with my application. It's an old Disney song. I just figured it'd be a nice password. So whenever you call me or I call you or you receive any call from any unknown person right. whom you don't know, you need to simply go ahead and ask for a password. If he or she will be giving you the right password, which is supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, Five solid doses. If it has the right password, talk with them. If the password is not correct or if they deny to give you the password, don't talk. What's the password? Sure, hold on. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I, I have a password for the other person, Marvin King. So I'm giving them, giving him fat, fat, burp, fat, burp, fat, fat. Okay? Correct. That's funny, wasn't it? That was hilarious. I'm still not ready yet. I'm just, I'm just about ready. I'll be, I'll be there in a minute. 24 minutes past six, not too long. Hope, you, hope your morning's going well. Mine's going great. Elon, study Elon. Elon doesn't keep any cash. He thinks the whole thing's a joke. He reinvests everything. He's not paying debt off. He's accumulating debt. Mm-hmm. But Apple has debt, Google has debt, Facebook has debt, and they have cash reserves that, that are the biggest cash reserves on planet Earth. They could pay cash for everything. Why do they, get, they don't? Why do they get debt when they have all exactly? The cash? Why do they do that? Because we print money. We we money is not scarce. Like our parents told us. Apple just did this. Okay, I got ninety. I want to make a ninety billion dollar purchase. I want to make a nine. And, and they're like, yeah, we got the cash for that. In fact, we have cash plus another fifty percent. Yeah, we got plenty of cash to do this. Okay, and then one of their people says, okay, bro, you do that? That is not a tax-deductible event. What we should do is we should go keep this and go borrow $90 billion Really? At like 0.005%. Man, I learned a lot of stuff. The stuff people send me, I learned some stuff. I didn't know that. That's really clever, wasn't it? Or Elon. And what did you think? I didn't. I missed that body um, on, hang on, not that. What was it, that one that was being played while I was doing my coffee? Uh, just a moment, I'll have a look and see what it was. The one with the scammer. Wasn't that hilarious? Oh, that was good. That was the password. Yeah, blimmin' scammers. Unbelievable, aren't they? But they do it, and people get sucked in by them. I don't know what, I don't know what, how they could possibly. must be lonely or something. Anyway, let's go back to stuff, and we've got that um, deputy principal who's been jailed uh, I think he got a, about um, a year and a half, couple of years for that. Must have been pretty bad. Must have been bad. Yes. So he's a, he's an Auckland high school teacher. 
Uh, he's the, the the high school has been granted permanent name suppression. Uh, he's the deputy principal. He was jailed for how long did he get? I'll, I will find out. His name is Lawrence Peter Stevens. He's 50 years old. He was jailed for 28 months. Okay, that was in August after he was caught and admitted possessing objectionable publications, which included child sex abuse material and bestiality. What the heck is that? Is that animals? Oh, yuck. That's why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, all that rubbish. Sodomy. Do you know that sodomy, it's not just mean-on-mean sodomy, sodomizing, but it's, it's, it's men with women sodomizing your, your wife. That's not what, that's not, that's an abomination as far as God's concerned. You think, oh, yeah, that's right. And, and the other thing that, the other thing that you need to know is that the homosexuals didn't cause AIDS. Not at all. Homosexuality, that's another thing. But uh, it's not a gay plague. A lot of people think, you know, that was God's curse on them. No, it wasn't. They were just drug, they, they did a lot of drugs. Heaps of drugs back in the 80s. They were getting all run down, getting really sick. And uh, they were presented with uh, sort of symptoms that, and they called it AIDS. And all they needed was just to get them get their health right. But uh, Fauci sort of way of making a lot of money, pretended it was a germ, that it was a virus. And so he gave them AZT treatment. Oh, we couldn't save them. Oh, we did our best. It was safe and effective. He used to say that, safe and effective. This is like 30-odd years ago. It was in the 80s. Fauci killed hundreds of thousands of homosexual men. You bastard. You're, you know, you're going to burn in hell f- forever. Well, everyone does anyway. The Seventh-day Adventists, they don't believe you do. They say you go there for a little while, and then you get out again. Depends. They don't believe that the word forever, the, the torments are forever and ever. They don't believe that means forever and ever. <laughs> See words on the page don't they have, they don't mean what they say you know words for me when I look at words they have meanings <laughs> when God says something he means what he says he's written it for us to understand you know so he's not going to put it in that much of a code I mean sometimes he does put things in code and he speaks in parables but he always tells you you know later on this is what this means that you know but um, anyway so the homosexuals they um, I've got a lot of dear friends who are homosexuals I could have become one. Yeah, easy. It's very easy to become one. I mean, I'll give you an example how we can change, how we can easily just become homosexual. We're not born homosexual. We become it. And it's because of, you know, you get influenced by older men usually. That's how it happens. And you just slowly get into this lifestyle. And, you know, it's it's very attractive to a lot of people. You know, they're good friends, you know, and um, successful and um, you know, sort of on the on the face of it, it's, it's sort of a party life, happy party life. But back in the eighties, it was full of drugs, full of drugs. That's why the only people that really got AIDS were the drug users, right? They weren't homosexuals; they were drug users. So they said it was all to do with the needles and stuff like that. You know, get, sharing the blood and the virus and all that sort of all nonsense. Absolute lies. It's just their bodies were run down from drug use absolutely the terrain in the body the cells in the body were just at not at ease they were diseased and so they presented with aids like symptoms and Fauci gave them he gave them azt and that was the azt that killed them it wasn't an aids virus there is no such thing as a virus 
And if you want to know more about that, go and read Virus Mania. One of the co-authors of that is Dr. Sam Bailey, a New Zealander, Dr. Samantha Bailey, and her husband Mark. And uh, so they are involved in that. You can you can get that on Kindle for ten dollars, and you can read it. And I've said this before. By the time you get to the third chapter, you'll realise that it's all baloney. But it's pretty hard to fight against it because you've got this wave of people fearful of fearful of the germs, the germ theory, which Louis Pasteur he plagiarised Antoine Beauchamp's work of cellular theory or the terrain theory, same kind of thing. He plagiarised it and turned it into the germ theory, that germs come from outside to attack you, so you need something to actually attack them back. But they don't. It, all it is, all, the, all you're looking at through the microscope, you're not looking at viruses and germs, you're just looking at the change of cells when your body is diseased. When you run it down, when you don't eat properly, don't get enough exercise, you start getting stressed out, you worry, over, over worry. A bit of stress is good. Good to be a bit stressed. Keeps you alive. Good to worry about things, you know, be concerned about things, but not overly. Don't worry too much. Eating well is very important. Plenty of meat. All these people that are running around anorexics, eating lemon grains, you know, living off grains, peasant food, you know, rice and potatoes, just peasant food. It is. It's, you can you can survive on it, but not very well. You get sick every year. Always sick. You know, can't think properly. You mentally, bleh. but you can survive on it, but not very well. And the only the only way you can stop yourself. Then they say, oh, "That's all right." They want you on this food. They want you on this crappy food, so that they can keep giving you pharmaceutical drugs. They just want to make money out of you, so you pay for your own death. That's what's happening. It is sorcery. The Bible calls pharmakia sorcery. Talked about it yesterday. I won't go into it again. Anyway, so how did I get from him? Lawrence. Lawrence Stevens, the 50-year-old. Jailed for 28 months. He'll be out in not too long anyway. At his sentencing, Judge Kevin Glubb, he emphasized the fact that the offending didn't happen at school and declined permanent name suppression. Ah, oh, for him. Okay. However, uh, David Dickerson, the lawyer for the school, appealed to the High Court, saying that that would be undue hardship. Oh, okay. Be pretty easy to find out. Gosh, it didn't take much. If you could be bothered. Anyway, so they put him away. Let's hope he is guilty, and he's not just you know someone set him up. That can happen. But he actually admitted it, didn't he? So the offending involved messaging on WhatsApp where Stevens detailed sexual activity of the most serious kind. Oh, no. Yucky. I just don't know how you could get into that. Just stay away. Get out and do some work, mate. Can I go and chop some wood or something? <laughs> do some mean physical work. The devil finds work for idle hands. Anyway, what was I talking about? Homosexuals, yeah. And, uh, oh, it's, it's all that. You hear If you listen to me, you, you'll know. I don't believe in viruses. They don't exist. And I'm convinced of it. I, I knew that because I, but 23 years ago I studied homeopathy. And I've got my practice certificate now. Probably should qualify for the New Zealand School of Homeopathic Me- Medicine. And I have been a practitioner. And people have been... Um, I've actually cured people. Yeah, I have. We're not allowed to say that, but I have. I had a boy come to me. Parents, he was beside himself. Parents were beside themselves. He couldn't 
um, couldn't even concentrate at school. He was just full of psori- psoriasis, just everything, just all the, the what have, all his vaccine, childhood vaccines, and all the rubbish that had been gone into him through the pharmaceutical industry was coming out on his skin. That's how it was, and that's a good thing because the skin is the least of all the organs. And so you want things presenting on the skin. If you've got a problem on the skin, don't worry about it. Don't go suppressing it with betonavate and all the other rubbish they'll give you. That just drives the disease deeper into the organism, into you. And then the, your vital force is protecting you, so it presents it presents problems on the skin. So when a real physician comes along, he goes, ah, right, okay. And they ask all the right questions, and they give you something that God's already provided in, uh, here for us, give you a remedy. They take the totality of all the symptoms together, and they give you a remedy which causes those same symptoms, similar, causes similar symptoms in well people. And every every uh, medicine, not drugs, they're medicines, real medicine, homeopathic medicines. They're not actually homeopathic medicines. The medicines that are there, they are, um, they, um, they are, are prepared homeopathically, I should say. And they are prescribed homeopathically. Not they're not actually homeopathic medicines. They're just they're just um, medicines that are there. They're basically the more poisonous the the substance, the more curative the properties in small doses. And um, that's how it works. Anyway, so this boy, he had psoriasis type thing. They can give it a name. They love they love give everything a name. But then they don't know how to help you. They say, oh, that is the such and such disease. Oh, what's, can you help me with that? Doc? No, there's no cure for it, but we know what it is. But we can give you something that can suppress it. If they were honest, that's what they'd say. Because all they can do is suppress your diseases. Everything. They can't actually get rid of it. They can palliate it. They can suppress it. And it just drives it further into the, into the body. And then you end up having some other problems, like you know, if they give you something to suppress your skin eruption, then you end up having epileptic seizures. And, they, and you wonder why. Um, anyway, this boy, this little boy, um, I was about to tell you another story, but I won't segue into that. So this little boy, um, I gave him, I took the totality of symptoms. It was, it was simple. It was obvious. It was sulfur he needed. That was, that was what I came up with. They said they just couldn't believe the transition. I said, well, you've just got to remember that as soon as he starts to get better, you've got to ease back. You've got to stop taking it. Because if you keep taking it, like cures like, you keep taking it, it'll come back. And, and it could be worse. And so, of course, they... They didn't. They kept. They kept dishing him. You know, just because that's what you do, don't you? With the pharmaceutical drugs, with the antibiotics, you've got to finish the course and all this sort of stuff. Antibiotics, just terrible. Anti, anti, non-bio life, non-life. It kills everything. It kills the good ones as well. God. <laughs> it's just incredible. Anyway, so um, but he came right. Anyway, we we got him right. But um, yeah, so it was quite good. But no money to be made, and I had I had to actually make a bit of money because I had children to support and so yeah it's a labor of love, love. and uh, you know to do a case would be two hours for me uh, Hahnemann used to take two or three hours um, there's computer things and that you can use as well which can speed it up a bit but you just need to ask a lot of questions and the other thing which was really important is bring the family members in as well so when you're when you're treating somebody you know make sure you've got you know, other family members there as well they can help add to it because sometimes people don't always tell the truth about what's bothering them you know they try to be stoic but then you know the wife will say oh no dear remember you oh yeah yeah. that's right so yeah it's good to have other people around and that's all there and one of the most important things you've got to do if you want to be a homeopath and want to study and you don't really need to go to school to learn it 
But, you know, you can read, can't you? Get the organ on. The sixth edition is the latest one. That's the one you're after. Most of the homeopaths in New Zealand, they just have C potencies, which has came, came out of Hahnemann's uh, fifth edition. But I think it was in the 1980s, I think his widow found, uh, they found um, uh, his latest work. But it was, I think it was in German, though. Very clever man, Hahnemann, Samuel Hahnemann. And um, it wasn't published in English, I think, till about 1986. So, I fortunately I didn't I didn't train until you know the late 90s, and so I, I um, we trained under Hahnemann's sixth edition. So first thing we had to do was read that the organon, the organon of medicine, and then of course you know you, you never try and remember remember memorize all the remedies. You can't do that. They don't. It's no good doing that because there's thousands of remedies that you can prescribe. And you know you don't you never find the exact remedy, and it'll be just the for the presenting symptoms at the time it'll be similar, it'll be something that you that the totality of symptoms that they're they're presenting with everything the mental emotional, the skin, just everything rare and peculiar is what you're looking for rare and peculiar symptoms, and so when you find them, um, and then you make your decision then you give the the, the right. Um, substance to them you know it might be um i don't know it might be nux vomica or something like that or um and that's sort of a constitutional treatment you'll give it to them as an lm potency because if you give it to them as a c it might they might actually have a reaction to it which is good if you get a reaction it's just that means that the dosage is too high so we go go and dilute it even more <laughs> but you forget dilution and succussion so dilution on its own is useless but with succussion and the people that are critics of homeopathy, they say, oh, it's like, you know, the more whiskey you drink, the less drunk you get. But um, that's, they always like to forget the succussion bit, you know. And you can magnify, you know, you can, there's something in energy there in succussing something, you know, like firmly bashing your remedy. Hahnemann found that his remedies became more potent, gentler, but more powerful, riding to his patients on horseback with his vials of medicines in his saddlebags on the horse and he found that they actually worked better but anyway he studied this for 50 years or something he was a chemist I think and a, a doctor he gave it up because he could see that he was doing more harm than good and the, the whole idea of the, the Hippocratic Oath is to do no harm and if you're doing harm get out you know you're doing something wrong but you know they don't care today it's all about money isn't it and they just give you something else to suppress the d one the drug they've given you. I know people that take like seven, eleven, you know, between half a dozen and a dozen pills a day. You know, they have one pill for this. Instead of finding out what, why, why are you presenting with a symptom, they give you a pill to suppress it, and then that creates um, other side effects. And then they have to have another pill for the other side effects. It's all completely unrelated, of course. <laughs> and then they so you end up taking all these pills, and you and they keep you alive. But boy, what an existence! So being a slave to the pharmaceutical industry, which we are all paying for. Every child at school, every child should be um, should learn homeopathy, and they should be given a um, sort of like a starter kit of homeopathic remedies. Got to keep them out of the sunlight, though, in a nice little box. And then we could bring the help, and the, and they all learn about you know about um, um, the um, cellular theory. You know the real how disease really happens, and it's actually just the body changing when it's not at ease. You know when things die. At, you know, and your body's trying to protect itself. It cocoons it. Like if you've got a, uh, if you've got something sort of like, say, say you get some kind of a boil or something growing there, and it's got a, you'll notice that they have a, 
um, or some kind of a growth, it'll have a sac around it. And what it's doing is, is it's protect all that dead matter in there. The body is protecting the rest of the body, your vital force or whatever you want to call it, is protecting your your vital organs and it doesn't want it to get into the bloodstream so it puts a sort of a sack around it and so what the physician should do instead of giving you antibiotics which don't really work you've got it you've got to lance it you think you think it works but when you if you go over to dr sam bailey she's got the latest one now antibiotics um, have a look at that video you'll see it on rumble i'm pretty sure she's got a youtube channel but i think she just does trailers because they they suppress uh, her from speaking the truth they suppress you um, anyway, so the sac around this pus that's there, that it just has to be released. You just have to get it out and be scrupulously clean. And the reason why we've got a lot of people getting um, extra infections is because we're not clean. Now we're relying, they're relying on antibiotics to do the work, and it's not doesn't work. It's not working, and they call them superbugs and all this nonsense. It's just that hospitals aren't clean anymore. You know, I can remember when I was a boy in the 60s, the hospital floor was polished like a mirror. Not anymore. They're just not clean, and they're bringing in people from overseas to work in hospitals, and their idea of cleanliness is, you know, not the same as ours, is it? And um, so that's why we've got a lot of a lot of infections because, um, uh, you know, wounds haven't healed properly, and um, so the body and the body just starts to, um, it's all just cellular change, and there gets infected, and you if you run down as well, you can't you can't um, protect yourself properly, so you're not eating proper food. You know, you maybe too much alcohol. All those sorts of things will make you doing doing drugs. Will make you um, uh, so that your your body can't heal. Not eating the right food, not having enough fat in your diet, so you can't heal. So it's really important that you eat well, sunlight, bit of exercise. Make sure you get sunlight. Don't worry about this nonsense. You know about the sun causing cancer. It's rubbish, absolute rubbish. You get melanomas where the sun doesn't shine, but that's just you know the mole mapping and all that. That's just another industry that they're making a fortune out of. Another great scam is the CT scans. They cause so much damage. You know, one CT scan, CAT scan or whatever they call them, that's equivalent to uh, two, about two to three hundred times just one chest X-ray of, of ionized radiation. Very bad for you. If you didn't have cancer, <laughs> you'll soon have it going to get your CT scans to see how you go. It's all just as just this terrible, wicked paradigm. And why is that? Well, because the Bible says that the God of this world, who is the devil, Satan, he is the father of lies, the father of all lies. And so our whole world, the Bible says the whole world lies in the lap of the wicked one. The mystery of iniquity doth already work, Jesus said. It's here. And he puts this stuff, this rubbish, into the hearts of the children of disobedience who make up 99.9% of the world. And really, the only good thing about this earth at the moment is the Spirit of God which dwells in the believers. When the rapture happens, which could be any second now, I'm waiting, any moment now, the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ in the air, not, not on the, no, he's not going to step on the ground first of all, he, we meet him in the air. It says here, First Thessalonians 4 and First Corinthians chapter 15. We meet the Lord in the air. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Those that have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, put their trust in him. The Bible says they rise up first and might come and knock on the door. 
Oh, Mum. Gosh, haven't seen you for ages. Dad, come in. Tea, coffee or Milo? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I'll have to, while I'm thinking of it, I'm going to find Barry Smith. Where are you, Barry? He's so funny. Barry Smith. And someone sent me this just the other day. Um, he was a wonderful preacher. He used to preach on the money system. Did Barry? Uh, I'll just find him here. I've got him here, Barry Smith. I'm sure of it. Barry. There he is. Have a listen to this. This is 33 years ago. Good old Barry. Listen to this. When I don't oh, that's not Barry. How did I manage to do that? Oh, I can't believe it. I've called it Barry Smith. And it's not Barry at all. Who's that? Oh, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not really paying attention while I'm doing this, am I? I better get rid of that. Okay, how do I get rid of that? All right. We'll just we'll put that there. And then I've just got to remind myself to get rid of it. Now, what's happened to Barry? I've gone and overridden him. Overridden him. Surely not all of it's... Oh, no. It's supposed to be just... That's two minutes long. No, it was only just a short one of Barry Smith. Anyway, what a shame. Never mind. Okay, never mind. Oh, dear. How sad. Never mind. Anyway, so um, Barry used to talk about the money system, didn't he? And um, he used to say... Now, some people say... Uh, they ask me, am I a, a, a pre rapture a pre-tribulation rapturist so does that mean that you're going to be caught up to meet the lord in the air where the, the bible says that the the lord jesus returns that the dead in christ rise first then we which are alive and remain we're changed and then we are caught up which is what rapture is, is the latin word caught up caught up in the clouds with them together with them to meet the lord jesus christ in the air that's where we meet him so, you know, there's a reason for that. And then the Bible says that we come back, the Lord returns with ten thousands of his saints. So obviously we have to be caught up before we can return with them, <laughs> don't we? But of course all the cults, they they believe we've got to go right through the tribulation period and it will suffer. And, you know, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And Barry used to say, people used to ask, because he was a post, he was a pre-tribulation rapturist. He believed the Lord would return before the, the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation, which is still to come in the future. Uh, because that last seven years has to, there has to be a, a king on the throne, and I think the Antichrist is going to make himself king in Israel. That's what I think. He's going to be like Herod. He's going to set up his image in the temple there, and only a Jew could do that, really. Only a Jew would be allowed in the temple to set up an image of himself and and say that he's God. But anyway, people would come and say to him, "Now, are you a pre-tribulation rapturist or a mid-tribulation rapturist?" You know, where the Lord, you know, catches us up, you know, halfway between, about three and a half years in, when the treaty's broken, the Antichrist is going to sign a peace treaty in the Middle East between the Arabs and the Jews, and that's going to be broken. Or are you a post-tribulation rapturist? You know, when the Lord um, catches us up at the end, and He would say, "What a preposterous question." I think that's funny. Uh, all right, I'll be back in a minute. I'll just gather myself together, and then uh, I'm a bit annoyed that I couldn't play Barry for you. I'll try and fix that tomorrow, and we can have Barry Smith on. He's a wonderful man. I've met him a few times, and he's delightful. Uh, he passed away uh, in Australia, I think, quite a while ago. Uh, and, um, yeah, so he talked about the money system and the mark of the beast and all that sort of stuff, and he used to fill churches and halls all over the place, you know, up in the islands, here in New Zealand, Australia, and the UK, spoke all over the world. He was a wonderful, gifted teacher. He was a school teacher. Fantastic. Okay, so it's, uh, what are we up to now? 11 minutes to seven. I don't make money from China. 
You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe. They even have a statement. We have to give 10% to the big man. You're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? Was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. Here's what the deal. I did my job impeccably. Not one single solitary thing was out of line. I hear they paid him $183,000 a month. Listen to this. And they gave him a $3 million upfront payment. All right. It's terrible. Oh, no, honestly, imagine if Trump did any of that stuff. Gosh, they would. he'd be in jail by now, wouldn't he? Of course he would. All right, we're back at um, stuff.co.nz. And a police dog handler, he had instructed his dog to bite a 15-year-old girl. He, and they said it was unjustified. Despite there being sufficient evidence for a prosecution, the dog handler wasn't charged, the ruling by the Independent Police Court Conduct Authority said. Should we look at that or not? We have a quick look at that. Okay. And then there's been a homicide too, by the way. A 28-year-old man has been uh, uh, arrested at the scene following an incident uh, that was initially, he was initially charged with assault. But we'll just go and have a look at this dog one. Right now, here it is. He looked, ooh, those blimmin', those Alsatians, boy. This was in July 2020. An Auckland police dog handler instructed his dog to bite the girl. Now his decision has been deemed unjustified. However, and it looks like a police dog handler too, not just any old body. Yes, it was a, a police dog handler who instructed his dog to bite the 15-year-old girl. Was It was unjustified, the police watchdog has found. In July 2020, the girl, she was a passenger in a stolen car that was involved in a police pursuit that poor woman yesterday <laughs> was it the other day this Maori gang member remember that he, he climbed over the console sat on top of her pushed his foot on top of her foot on top of the accelerator and off they sped <laughs> that'd freak you out wouldn't it anyway so this is back in July she was a passenger in a stolen car this girl which is involved in a police pursuit which ended with the car rammed into multiple police cars on the motorway near the Auckland Green Heights area that's over in West Auckland after being removed from the car, a police officer restrained the girl and moved her to the ground. Okay. Uh, and then what happened? After, yep. And it was then that the dog handler got out of his car and instructed the police dog to bite her. Yeah, they do that. They're bastards. I'm sorry, it's a Bible word, bastard. Um, recently, this is at the Independent Police Conduct Authority, their decision. So what's going to happen now? Uh, police undertook two investigations reports which found that the abuse of the, of the and the use was justified but the IPCA that's the police the independent police conduct authority i think they disagreed about time they do instead the IPCA they ruled that the dog handler was unjustified in instructing the dog to bite the girl police also didn't charge the handler despite there being sufficient evidence as they considered the matter did not meet the public interest for prosecution. Good grief. How dare you? The IPCA was, however, justified, uh, satisfied that the, that the, ro the robust employment process the police undertook after the incident... What does that mean? Justified by the robust employment process the police undertook after the incident. According to Waitemata District Superintendent uh, Shannon Gray, police acknowledge the IPCA's findings. They do. Police, inv their investigation into the incident found that the dog handler's actions were in breach of our use of force and the police dog policies. While police did not charge that dog handler, we note 
the authority found an internal investigation to be thorough and uh, agreed with the employment outcome. So what happened to them? Hang on, I've got to have a cough. So he added that any, like any police officer, dog handlers work within the police tactical operations framework in regard to the appropriate use of force. The officer remains a member of the New Zealand Police Force, he said. What? Any disciplinary action? Grace said the girl involved had been made aware of the outcome of this matter. That's just outrageous. That just makes my blood boil. What about you? What do you think? 027, no, 02, what are we? 021732, get your, get your pen out. 021732423, text me through. Um, I, I haven't, could I put you on? I can't really, I could put you on if you want to. Tell me what you think. Do you think that that's bad news? I think it's just, just terrible. 0217324230 if there's anyone out there. <laughs> uh, we haven't got very many people on Rumble, but I know I've got a good a good truckload of you on all the other apps, but you can't probably can't ring you. Most people are driving in their car anyway on their way to work. A lot of truckies listening. Except when I start talking about Jesus and then they shut off. I watch the numbers just drop, they just plummet. <laughs> but I have to. I have to I have to share with you the hope that's within me. I can't just let it go, you know. They tried, they stopped me. I used to preach on the street. They stopped me. I was in Whangarei. I went up there. And, oh, boy, they were mean and nasty up there. That's when I knew we were in trouble, when they, when a police officer stopped me from being able to speak freely in the streets, which was which was part of the Bill of Rights we were allowed to. But he was going to arrest me. And I said, well, what will you do if I continue to preach? Because I didn't want to be arrested but I thought well if I, I and but it just cost too much to take them to court it was like twenty or thirty thousand dollars just for a hearing and I could have won I would have won and the police were a bit frightened and apparently I spoke to another policeman and he said um, oh he got reprimanded for that big time uh, but of course in the media they painted it all you know the wrong way didn't they and I was I was I was you know I was on a bit of a rent but you know I spoke the truth spoke the truth the bible's you know just preaching the bible but he wouldn't he wasn't going to allow it i said what will you do if i continue to speak and he said well i'm going to arrest you i said right okay that's all i need to know because that was enough for him threatening me with arrest was enough legally that if i stopped speaking freely on the street if he was going to stop that freedom of expression which is in the bill of rights 1990 uh, and that he was going to arrest me then that would be enough that's all i need i don't have to be arrested so oh, okay well if you're going to arrest me then then I'll stop. But I just needed to I needed to ask him that question. And I learnt that from some overseas preachers from the United States, that's what they do. So what will you do? GC Morrell, what will you do if I continue to preach? Well I'll arrest you. And that's enough for have them convicted. And over there they've got all sorts of people. They've got a different legal system over there. They'll take the case on if they know they can win without you know without getting paid up front. They just get a portion of what they get and they can sue you. You know, they can sue people over there. It's a brilliant system, really. Here in New Zealand, you, you can't do anything. You never get any money out of anybody. You've got to be rich. And it's all stacked. You know, it's got probably full of, full of pedophiles anyway, isn't it, hey? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Greg Hallett, who wrote the book, um, what was it? Gosh, it made my blood boil reading that book. Uh, New Zealand, the, the Blackmailer's Guide. New Zealand, a Blackmailer's Guide by Greg Hallett. He thinks he's king of England now. I don't know about that. Sorry about that, I just had a frog in my throat. Okay, so um, are we there yet? What have we got here? Husband woke to find armed police in his home and his wife shot dead. Really? When was this? 
where am I, am I on the right page? I'll go back to stuff. I didn't know. This is just all new. Just come through now. Here we go. I'll just have another cough. This is a break in transmission. Husband woke to find armed police in his home and his wife shot dead. Is this true? Neighbours have described hearing a gunshot, two sets of footsteps running down the road, and a car leave at speed. Oh, we better read that one. It's a bit slow this morning. Oh, here we go. So this, when did this come out? This is yesterday. I missed this. Why did I miss this? Uh, when construction worker Manasi Fisi Ohoi, oh gosh, I made a hash of that, I went to bed after a long day. He left his 31-year-old watching television in the living room. In the early hours of January 15, 2020, he woke to find armed police in their Mangari home, calling out. Uh, they were, uh, must have been outside. Uh, the High Court in Auckland has heard how his wife, Meliami Fisi Ihoi, was found lying face down on the sofa after being shot in the face at close range. Good grief, probably a good grief. Um, brothers Viliami and Faliaga Momuni Longi, together with their cousin Manu Longi, are jointly charged with her murder. Oh, really? Filiami and Filia, oh, what's a big long island name, which I'm struggling with. Sometimes they do that just to fool me. Uh, anyway, got news coming up. So I better, hang on, get ready on the news there. So anyway, so the three, they've pleaded not guilty to all charges and they're on trial right now. Gosh. Um, so in Manisi's statement to the police, it read on Tuesday, uh, he told the police how that he and his wife had six children who had been living in New Zealand since the mid-1980s. They bought the house at 73 Colthorpe Close in Mangere in 2006 and had a wonderful time together there bringing up the children. Meliami Fisiohoi, oh gosh, sorry, was a dedicated worker at an airport car parking company and enjoyed spending time with his family and friends. And he said on the night of January the 14th, 2020, his family had dinner together. He recalls lots of laughter and everyone had a good time. And then he said sometime his wife would stay up late, that's what he said, watching the television. He woke in the early hours of the morning at about three loud knocks and a man calling out, anyone inside the room? He woke to find armed police officers in his house. The officer asked if he had heard a loud bang and he said no. And then uh, said a police officer later told him his wife had died but not did not tell him how. Miliami's elder father, Sepetini, Finau uh, had also been asleep and only woke to the banging and the shouting of the police officers. Did they have a silencer on the gun or something? Um, oh, I've got news coming up now, so I'll have to give you the rest. Oh, I can't really. I'll give it to you tomorrow. Okay, we'll do that. So um, we're now going to TNT Radio News, and straight after that news, I'll be back with some weather. And um, then what? Uh, then that's it because I've got work to do today and I hope you've enjoyed yourself I hope you <laughs> I hope I've entertained you maybe not I don't know we'll just see how we go um, in the next week I want to bring in a bit more music as well actually because I uh, you know there's some really great country music which I want to introduce you to I won't play too much maybe one or two an hour uh, so we'll do that as well and it also gives me time to see what's um what's actually happening in the news so I'm not reading things at sight because it's what what happens anyway here's TNT radio news right now Coming up. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. 
Israeli troops on Tuesday destroyed the family home of Salah al-Aruri. The exiled commander of Hamas forces in the occupied West Bank as security forces continued their crackdown on leaders of the Islamist group. Currently thought to be living in southern Lebanon, Aruri, the deputy to Hamas leader Ishmael Hadiyeh, is among a group of leaders singled out by Israeli officials who have vowed to destroy Hamas in retaliation for the deadly October 7th attack on southern Israel. A video shared by the IDF on X showed the white two-story house in the village of Aurora being leveled, with ash and dust flying out of windows and doors after explosions were set off throughout the building. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz has admitted that too many people are coming into the country illegally and vowed to begin deportations on a large scale as Germany is on pace to see more illegal migrants enter the country than during the European migrant crisis of 2016. Amid made growing calls throughout Europe to crack down on illegal immigration in the wake of Islamist terror attacks and rising incidents of anti-Semitic crimes. Leftist German leader Olaf Scholz has joined the chorus of leaders, finally acknowledging that unfettered waves of illegals breaking into Europe must stop. The Chancellor told Der Spiegel magazine, Too many people are coming. We must finally deport on a large scale those who have no right to stay in Germany. Ohio Republican Senator J.D. Vance said during an interview on CBS's Face the Nation that unlike fellow GOP Senator Lindsey Graham, he would not support authorizing a U.S. military strike on Iran. ...to Iran and its proxy forces and sure. the threats they pose to our troops. Yeah. So spin that forward for me. You're in the Senate. Would you authorize the use of force by the president against the state of Iran? Right now, absolutely not. Um, I think that we should be trying to de-escalate the situation. Of course, we need to have red lines, though. If the Iranians attack American troops, if they play an escalatory they have role... multiple times. If they play an escalatory role in the conflict, we need to be willing to respond. Uh, they have attacked certain militia groups have attacked, and I think we've done the right thing, a proportionate response. If they hit us, we have to hit them back. But if you're talking about an attack on the Iranian mainland, mm -hmm. I think that would be a significant escalation. Right now, it would be a mistake. While declaring the invasion of Gaza, Benjamin Netanyahu quoted Deuteronomy 25:17. You must remember what Amalek has done to you, says our Holy Bible. And we do remember and we are fighting our brave troops and combatants who are now in Gaza or around Gaza and in all other regions in Israel are joining this chain of Jewish heroes, a chain that has started 3,000 years ago from Joshua Ben Nun until the heroes of 1948, the Six-Day War, the 73 October War, and all other wars in this country. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen calls it very worrying. We're getting into a very strange phase in this crisis when you have leaders quoting the Old Testament. Yeah. Bibi Netanyahu promising to smite the people of Amalek, kill the infants, kill the livestock. I mean, this is just getting insane. And at what point does this religious extremism become dangerous that it can infect the conversation in the United States? And this is what you have. The new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, again quoting the Bible as to why the United States needs to back Israel in the attempted genocide of the Palestinian people in the Gaza Strip. And this is not hyperbole, according to the UN's own definitions. And now human rights groups are speaking up, saying that, yes, indeed, this is an attempted genocide in the Gaza Strip of the native Palestinian population. And so, again, the religious rhetoric, the evangelism, the messianic themes, it's all very worrying because it crowds out any chance for a diplomatic solution or a ceasefire for TNT Radio, this is Patrick Henningsen.
The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at TNTradio.live. Well, I didn't believe a word of that, did you? <laughs> He's a, not only is he anti, anti-Jew, he hates the Jews. He's also an atheist. He's a non-believer. You see, that's the trouble, you see. That's the trouble. And he's, uh, they, take what, they take what we say and they, they make it worse. So really, and, and he shouldn't be on the news. This is the thing. They should not have Patrick Henderson at the end of the news item. He should be having his own opinion in his own show, an opinion piece, but not on the news, not, not the hourly news and or half hourly news. He shouldn't have it. I don't know why. And um, I don't think he's one of the directors, but he must be. I mean, I just don't know how they can tolerate it because they've got lots of people there at TNT Radio who are with Israel on this. They are standing for justice, for standing what's right. And then you've got, it's my opinion, because I'm, I'm not reading the news. This is my opinion. But you can't have an opinion piece attached to the news. And that's what we're getting. Every news hour, we get uh, Patrick Henderson's uh, opinion. And it's terrible, too. It's terrible um, broadcasting. Um, he's throaty. Uh, he's, he's, he's way, he's, he pops into the microphone. Every now and then you pop. Don't you? And it's just horrible to listen to. It's just horrible to listen to. For me, I, I can't stand it anyway. So, but there he is. You know, we have to have to put up with the, the news from TNT. We've got to put up with Patrick. But I try and sometimes I cut him out because it's just, I, can't, I just know it's just going to be another anti-Semitic rant. You know, and it's all full of lies. Absolute lies. Just lies. And I'll tell you why I know it's lies. Because people that, have, that actually know the Israelis... Um, like General um, Kemp, Richard Kemp. Um, where is he now? I've got old Kemp. Uh, yes, I do. Colonel, British Colonel Kemp. Have a listen to this. When the infamous Goldstone Report excoriated Israel and exonerated Hamas, UN Watch fought the report and changed the debate. I'm the former commander of British forces in Afghanistan. I served with NATO and the United Nations, commanded troops in Northern Ireland, Bosnia and Macedonia and participated in the Gulf War. Mr. President, based on my knowledge and experience, I can say this. During Operation Cast Lead, the Israeli Defense Forces did more to safeguard the rights of civilians in a combat zone than any other army in the history of warfare. When Colonel Kemp's speech went viral, UN Watch continued to campaign against the Goldstone Report and Judge Goldstone retracted. And that's the truth of the matter. And Israel are strategically taking out Hamas terrorists, and it's not just Hamas. There's terrorists, all sorts of terrorist organisations, and Hamas seem to be the the target. And the other thing you would remember is that over eighty percent of Palestinians, so-called, there's no such thing as a Palestinian, by the way. There's Palestine, which the Romans changed the name of Israel to Palestine to rid the, rid the world of of the name, and that's what they did, the Romans. And Palestinian, that was coined by Yasser Arafat. He used it, Palestinian. You know, Palestine, Palestinians. But there were no Palestinians in the 1920s and 40s when Golda Meir, who was one of the prime ministers of Israel, she was from 69 to 74. She said there were no Jews, sorry, there were no Palestinians living in, in the area, in Palestine. She said, I had a Palestinian, a Palestinian. Palestinian passport is a Palestine passport because they changed the name. The Palestine um, orchestra was all Jews. <laughs> See, there were just Jews and Arabs. That's all. No Palestinians. Just Jews and Arabs, which is what you've got. And that's the truth of it. All those people in Palestine, they're Arabs. They're Muslims. Islam is what's ruined Arabia. That's what's ruined the Arabs. 
That's the Islam is the blight on the world. Indonesia, they have got more Muslims in Indonesia than they've got in Arabia. I think there's something like 240 million Muslims. Oh, I'd be way more than that. It'd be probably half a billion now because they just, you know, it's just growing. So it's a growing cult, death cult. It is. Winston Churchill read the Quran. He said it's the Mein Kampf of war. It's a bloody book. The Bible's got a bit of blood in it too, but there's always, you know, it's a sense of what's reasons for it. You know, God punishes people because He's warned them and over and over again He's warned them to do what's right, and then He uses your enemies to punish you, and that's what He did with the children of Israel. And you heard Benjamin Netanyahu say, um, you know, Joshua invaded invaded Can- Canaan three thousand years ago. It was it was the thirteenth century BC, and they've had a, they have a right to that land, and so it's good to hear Bibi speaking biblically and uh, in Ecclesiastes it says there's a time for peace and there's a time for war and now is a time for war and for all these Christians out there that think that Israel should just lie down no 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 that's not how it works there's a time for war and this is it you cannot have an invader come into your country and slaughter innocent people and the people that there are, there are some, there is some collateral, collateral damage has to be, but Israel has gone out of their way to avoid that more than any other army in the world, according to General Kemp, who should know. Was he commander of, of the forces in Afghanistan? Mm. He's worked with the Israelis. He has the utmost admiration for them. The IDF. There's always going to be the odd one that does something wrong. But it's not something that they're proud of. You don't you don't see the Israelis out in the streets firing guns and celebrating when some Muslim terrorists are killed. They don't celebrate. They don't do that because they're civilized people. And the Bible says that they are the children of God. They are his chosen people. I don't know why he chose them, but he did. He wanted to make a peculiar people and that's what he's done separate from the rest of us and he's blessed them with intelligence the Ashkenazi Jew this is basically a German Jew the Jews that came there were scattered from when Titus invaded Israel AD 70 he sacked Jerusalem I should say because he was already occupying it wasn't he the, the, uh, the Roman um, you know, emperor what do you call him Caesar so Titus's armies, they sacked them, burnt, burnt, the, um, burnt the temple down. Not one stone was left unturned because all the gold was in the stones. Jesus said that not one stone would be left unturned. Forty years later, prophecy came true. All the Jews were scattered right throughout the world. They went into Europe, and all of the Jews of Europe, which the devil, devil just wanted to kill them all. He wants them all dead. And that's why you've got to ask yourself, why do you hate the Jews? I've got a friend, he told me yesterday on the phone, he was married to a Jewish woman. He said, my sister... My sister hates the Jews, and I sat down and talked to her, and, he, and you know, he's very, Dennis is a very um, easy to talk to, and um, a very, very intelligent man, and uh, he said that my sister, she didn't ha- know why she hated them, she just did, and I think that's the mystery of iniquity, people hate the Jews, you've got to ask yourself, why do I hate them? And then they pretend, oh no, we don't hate the Jews. It's just we don't like the, we don't like what Israel's doing at the moment. It's the government's an apartheid state. You know, Billy Tikahika, you stupid man. 
listening to the rubbish. They don't, there's nothing. There's nothing that an Arab can't do. Even the Palestinians, that so-called, they come across. They used to, before they started killing everybody, um, they came used to come across and work in Israel. They have all the freedoms in the world. The freedoms they don't have is when they go back home. They're kept as prisoners. It's like a smart city, like a dumb ghetto, really. But that's what smart cities are going to be like. You could look at Palestine. So, what do you call it? Um, Gaza. The Gaza Strip. That's going to be. That's like a smart city. Two point four million people live in that city. And it's lots of cities actually within the Gaza Strip. It's very densely populated, and that's what that's what they want us to live like. All cl- all clustered up together. You know, if you put animals, for instance, if I just ran, if I ran my animals tightly, they're going to get they're going to get um, an infestation of worms because they're eating with their you know with their pooping, grazing with their pooping, and you've got to keep your animals moving. You can't. You've got to be. And same with us. There's no good for us living in cities and things like that. That's all the diseases happen uh, in the cities because of the poor sanitary conditions. Um, just being all cramped up together, and it's the same with animals. They've got to be, they've got to be moved around on your farm. You can't overgraze the the land. Keep them moving. We don't give them any anything at all for worms, because we know it doesn't work. Eventually, it just makes them worse. Ivermectin, it's a, it's a short term um, suppression. Really, it doesn't really work long term. A lot of farmers don't bother with it anymore. They just you know, don't have seem the stock numbers are a lot less. But anyway, so Gaza. Anyway, so I've sort of segwayed quite around quite a bit. But anyway, so that land, that land there, belongs to the Jews. And uh, people go on about that's right. My friend, he was saying that his, his sister didn't know why she hated the Jews. A lot of people don't know why. My father-in-law didn't know why. And then I sat down and explained to him why, and we talked about it. And he's he now now is a supporter of Israel, but he was. He grew up thinking, you know, believing the lies that the Jews, you know, they're just rich money lenders and all that, you know. Um, you know, they control the world, all this sort of stuff. The reason why they are so, do so well in commerce and in, in finance and all that is because God has blessed them with intelligence. The Eskenazi Jew, that's the European Jew, by the way, they make it sound like terrible, don't they? Like, you know, Stashi or something. <laughs> You know, and they've changed the name of the of the meaning of Zion from which just means a homeland for the Jews. That's all it does. I'm a Zionist. I believe the homeland for the Jews is Israel. That's it. that makes me a Zionist. But they've changed it. They want it to seem like a Zionist or something evil. It's not at all. So, you know, the Jews are hated for no no good reason. Uh, they're, they're, they're the highest intelligence, the highest IQ is the Eskenazi Jew. Then the Asian people, they're next. They've got a very high IQ. And then you get down to where I am, <laughs> which is barely above room temperature. <laughs> Fahrenheit. <laughs> okay, 17 minutes past seven, and um, we'll have a quick look at the weather. Uh, actually, there was a f- there's a few items here on stuff. Which I probably should look at just before we go because some new stuff happened there. We've got that that fellow there. That's the front page news there on stuff. Um, waking up with the police uh, and his wife's been shot. Um, I, I, it goes on a bit. We'll I could go to that, but I've just there's a few other things here that have happened. The new ambulance for patients that are up to 400 kilograms, and the demand is increasing. 
that's because we're eating too many carbohydrates and it's not really not so much about exercise it's more about what you're eating really that's you know i mean you could you could eat carbohydrates lots of them and exercise and you kind of probably look all right you keep the wolf from the door but really you don't really need to do a massive amount of exercise all you need to do is just stop eating carbohydrates really all that rubbish just cut out fruit and vegetables <laughs> fruit and vegetables which they tell us is so wonderful for you and it's it's okay but you can't have too much of it it's just there for a little light snack you know <laughs> as you're going going through you just pick something off the tree but you're not meant to just feast on on it and um, but meat is what you need really I don't think they're in the Garden of Eden for more than a few days before they sinned against God eh? and ate that ate that fruit uh, God knew all along that we're going to be we're going to be eating animals for to sustain us it's the it's got the it's the best that a man can do is to have meat red meat in particular and so if you if these people at 400 kgs what's that turned and something that's just huge obese huge I was obese at 87 kgs my doctor my Indian doctor he's a homeopath he said you're a you're a, you're a beast <laughs> he said to me this, he, of course he was a little fat a fatty sitting there calling me a beast <laughs> anyway it's funny isn't it how we can pick pick it in others but not ourselves anyway so there is um there's seven uh, bariatric ambulances across the country uh, bariatric I should say across the country and they need more because people are getting fatter and stupider according to um, what's his name name's gone out of my head Peterson Jordan Jordan Peterson yeah according to him you, you eat carbohydrates to make you dumb and uh, dumb and fat and so you need to eat less more more um need to go for more um gosh now I'm getting dumb and fat I think I'm overtired um you need more um more meat basically which has got um got the protein that's right that's the word I was after protein so we're actually just encouraging them by getting these ambulances for them aren't we just to train people but they don't want you to do that they want you sick okay they want you sick so they can give you their drugs that's what it's all about just keeping you sick just keeping you barely alive and it doesn't cost much to feed you on manufactured carbohydrates it can sustain you but not very well you get sick and then they give you the pharmaceutical drugs don't they to help help you suppress what you've got and then you die you die a miserable death um, that's what happens but if you eat properly proper food you know you can be you can be the right size you can be strong you can actually build muscle in your 60s but you can't do that if you're on a carbohydrate diet it just won't happen now um, are we there yet why we keep incorrectly calling the interest rate a peak since at least February forecasters have been hypothesizing that interest rates were now they're at their peak or very near the peak and yet they continue to rise and I think it's just going to continue to rise uh, also the body of a Kiwi man missing in Sydney has been found it was located in bushlands in Sydney the Sydney suburb of Ingleburn and it's believed to be that of the Kiwi man uh, and the full-time Koro Shane Matthews what's Koro not too sure what that is OCD turns what's OCD that's when you're sort of like too much carbohydrates pretty much been vaccinated causes OCD uh, OCD team turned mental health struggles into thriving business supporting charities Amelie Coggan she uh, aims to turn little joys into charity so that she can offer hope to others facing mental health battles with her uplifting character trinklets well you know all you've got to do really is just don't vaccinate your kids and then you won't have these problems 
and we know that and you think oh god you're talking rubbish grant you're talking rubbish well just go go and go to steve kirsch k-i-r-s-c-h kirsch substack.com and have a listen to him he's got about 231,000 subscribers now it's gone up a thousand the last month steve kirsch um he talks about how that um, he did a survey People didn't really know what it was all about, but he found that out of the 10,000 that had never given their children a vaccination, nor had the mother been vaccinated, this is childhood vaccines, not not talking COVID, the COVID pandemic and the, and the COVID um, poison, not talking that, just normal childhood vaccines. Not one of the, None of those children have um, allergies or um, mental health or uh, problems. What are, what are the things you can get? Um, sort of neurological conditions. Um, or like OCD, that's all caused by the vaccines. Sometimes, you know, I believe cot death is caused by it too. So sometimes it kills you straight away. Just like with the COVID jab, some people died straight away. I've heard a report, and I'm pretty sure it's verified, 30, 30 people that had this out of this particular, because some, some of the batches were, were more poisoned than the others, more, more potent. And uh, they know that. But our government's covered it up. Our health department's covered it up, but 30 people that had that one, all from the same place, they're all dead now. All of them. Pretty weird, eh? Lots of people dropping dead. Anyway, so Steve Kirsch, he writes about COVID mitigation policies, vaccines, neurological diseases and conditions, corruption and censorship and early treatments. He says that when he did that survey, the data showed that the vaccines are ruining the health of Americans and driving the epidemic of neurological conditions. That's what he says. And I've got Steve here. I've got a very short one. We'll just play that. Um, I'll just uh, First of all, I'll just let you know what's going on with the weather, and then we'll come back to Steve Kirsch. I'll leave you with that, and then that'll be my lot for the day. Uh, I've just got to find him, Kirsch. I, there's a long one, which is about seven minutes, so it's a bit too long, so I won't I won't play that. I'll just uh, have the little short one. I've got that ready, and, I, and we'll, we'll cue that up. Uh, ready to go. Hang on, I'll just put that there, pull that back there. That one over there, British Colonel. Oh, we had the British Colonel, didn't we? Yes, yes, we had him. And so we've got um, Kirsch there. He's all ready to go. But first of all, we'll have a look at the weather and just see what's going on there, shall we? How about that? Okay, and I think there's been a new forecast. The last one we got was just before 5 o'clock. But I think there's a new one now, so I'm just waiting for it to redraw. It looks like the extremes, it's Gisborne still at 17.2 degrees. That's the highest temperature right now at 24 minutes past 7. Lumsden is the lowest 4 degrees at the moment. Lyle Bay is the windiest, 22 kilometres per hour there. And Huakatani, it's eased off a little bit, 0.4 millimetres of rain's falling there. We're all in double-digit figures as far as temperatures going right across the country, except for Queenstown and Vicargill, at France Joseph and Westport. Otherwise... We're all up in the double digits, so it's nice nice and warm with that uh, subtropical uh, cyclone that came down, Lola. It's probably warmed us all up a bit. Now, uh, the latest short forecast has just come through. For Northland to Auckland, Coromandel Peninsula, uh, and also, yeah, just Coromandel actually, morning cloud and patchy drizzle, and then fine spells. Isolated showers about Coromandel this afternoon. For Waikato, Manawatu, Waikato to Manawatu, including the central high country, also for Gisborne and the Wairarapa, areas of cloud, low cloud this morning, and then fine spells. Scattered showers this afternoon and evening, mainly inland, with some heavy and possible thunderstorms as well in Waikato, Manawatu, and the central high country, Gisborne and Wairarapa. Uh, for Horowinua and Wellington, fine weather, apart from areas of morning cloud. Okay, so it's just that'll, that'll burn off. It's going to be a lovely day for you down the bottom there of the North Island. 
down near Levin and Wellington. It's just going to be lovely. Paraparam, all those lovely places there. Nelson and Marlborough, mainly fine weather today, but isolated showers inland this afternoon and evening. You've got low cloud and fog about the Kaikoura coast. That's down on the west coast there, east coast rather. On your way, you get out, you go across the Cook Strait Ferry, you, you know, the Picton, you arrive in Picton, get on the bus, no, you, don't. you drive off, you drive off, try and fill your car up with petrol there in the 1970s and use a check. They would say no checks from North Islanders. <laughs> Truly, it signs up. No checks from North Islanders down here. Yeah, all the checks we get from North Islanders bounce. <laughs> so they don't, I felt like I was, um, I felt discriminated against. Anyway, so you go down to Kaikoura. There it is, and it's just lovely. You can see whales from here, from there. Amazing that you could see that far. Uh, so that's Canterbury. So now I'm completely lost. Oh, Kaikoura. Yes, Canterbury and Otago, Southland as well. Generally fine. This is Canterbury, Otago and Southland. But you've got some low cloud and fog near the coast at times. Who cares? Uh, you've got isolated showers, but it's going to be mainly about Canterbury in the afternoon and evening. Buller and Westland, also Fjordland. Patchy rain about Fjordland. Mainly fine. A bit of cloud increasing in the afternoon, patchy rain tonight. And the Chathams, just occasional rain for you. It's 28 minutes past, and we're just, and what was I going to do? Oh, yes, I was going to play you Steve Kirsch. Have a listen to this about vaccines. If you don't believe me, listen to this. All these vaccines are causing harm to our kids. It's not just the COVID vaccines. It's every single one of them. There has never, ever been a study comparing the fully vaccinated kids who follow the CDC schedule versus kids who have not been vaccinated at all, who did not get a vitamin K shot, which is not a vitamin, and whose mother did not get vaccinated. If you compare the results of kids whose mom didn't get vaccinated, no K shot and no vaccines, and if you compare the outcomes of those kids versus kids who got the CDC schedule, there is a dramatic difference. It is an unbelievable difference. It is a difference that nobody wants to talk about. There are no studies, zero, that show the opposite. You know, I go on Twitter and the doctors say, well, you know, for every study, there's always a study that shows the opposite. This is the one case where there are no studies in medicine that show the opposite results. The fully unvaccinated kids are always healthier. And in fact, there was a 10-year study done by Dr. Paul Thomas. And of course, they got it, they got that uh, study retracted unethically in violation of the COPE guidelines. That 10-year study showed that the kids who got measles were the kids who were vaccinated against measles. The kids who got mumps, were the kids who were vaccinated against mumps. The kids who did not get any vaccines did not get any of the diseases that the kids were vaccinated against, were vaccinated. So when you talk about you shouldn't be discriminated against because you didn't get a vaccine, you should be applauded because you didn't get a vaccine, because you did the right thing. If you're a parent and you didn't vaccinate your kids, you should be applauded because you did the, did the research and you found out that vaccines are causing chronic disease in America. There's a study that was done by the control group. They have over a thousand people who are unvaccinated. The health outcomes in those people is night and day comparison 
uh, with fully vaccinated people. Uh, we have a, like a 60% rate of people with a chronic disease in America. If you've not been vaccinated at all, the rate is close to zero. And of course, none of this is talked about. They tried to get the CDC to do a study of the vaccinated, fully vaccinated versus the fully unvaccinated. In 2005, CDC Director Judy Gerberding promised to do such a study. She said, yes, we should do such a study. It's important that we do a study now. We can refine it later. And that was nearly 20 years ago. And that study has never been done. And it will never be done because they don't want people to know that all these vaccines have been harming people since the very beginning. There is no safe vaccine, not a single one. Not one vaccine is safe and effective. And I actually went on Twitter and I offered $2,500 to anybody who could show me such a study and nobody was able to produce such a study. Steve Kirsch. Steve Kirsch, he testifies there, doesn't he? K-I-R-S-C-H, kirschsubstack.com. Get over and give him your email so he can send you stuff before they take us all offline. And uh, the only way you can get anything is by email. And even then, I don't know. Now's the time for information. You've got to get hold of it. You've got to, you've got to educate yourself. It's no good just playing footy, you know, <laughs> watching the rugby. That's all designed to just take your mind off what's really going on. Even this war, I think, you know. I think this war is, is, is just a distraction. They all are. So was the one up in um, Ukrainians. You know, they were just a proxy war there. The UK, basically Washington and London started that war. They were running NATO. Basically, they control it, whatever Washington and, and London say. And so they're using, they use 550,000 uh, um, uh, Ukrainian troops have died, old and young. In that on the battlefield, that's just the that's just soldiers have died. It's been absolute carnage, and now to cover up the mess of that, we've got another war up in, in Israel. But God's going to use it. Don't worry. You know, good will come from it. Good always comes from bad. God always turns it around that way to those that love Him, and look for His appearing. You know that the Bible says we're supposed to look for His appearing, the blessed hope that um, He's going to come back. And you know what? When He does come back with us. The Bible says the Lord returns with 10,000 of his saints. It's going to be in flaming fire. This is New Testament stuff, by the way. Paul, he, he, Jesus Christ, is going to return with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those that know not God and obey not the gospel. And so we have been persecuted. The Jews are being persecuted. We're next. Israel is, 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 protecting, is, is uh, protecting the Western world. They're the first line of defense. If they fall, we're next. And they've already got their soldiers in every Western country right throughout the world. Every Western country is full of Islamic terrorists just waiting, waiting to, to pounce. And you might say, oh, that's Islamophobia. No, it's not. Why are they all, all battle-aged men that are coming over, most of them? In, in Europe, they're just coming in, and, and the globalists are allowing it. They're allowing it because they want to destroy the West. Um, Douglas. Is that his first name, Douglas? 
Name's, name escapes me. He's a homosexual guy, but a, but a great guy. Great guy. And he wrote a book called The War on the West. Douglas Murray, that's right. Go and have a listen to him. Watch him. Very good man. Doesn't push his homosexuality on others. He's not like that. I've got homosexual friends. They absolutely, they are just totally opposed to all this transgender nonsense. They just think it's terrible. They want to take the T out of it. Out of the uh, LGBT or the other alphabet crew. They want to take it out. He knows, my my homosexual friends know, they know that I'm against homosexuality. Why? Because the Bible is it's an abomination. But I, I love them, you know. They're my friends. And sometimes they don't love me. And that's okay, I love them. Anyway, so there we are. So, um, okay, I've, I do have to go. I should have gone at seven. So we've got everything happened. We've got done the weather. Um, there was some there was some things that I wanted to talk about. We didn't even get a chance to look at Australia. I had I was all lined up to look at. Um, I just found out where I was here. Um, yeah, we're going to look. We looked at stuff. We only got as far as stuff. I was going to look at Sky News, see what's new there. Um, all this. Um, yeah, we'll look to look next week. We'll, I'll get onto it. I might sort of not do, do too much fake stream media on New Zealand. You know, RNZ is just totally controlled, isn't it? I mean, they all are really. They're all paid off and bought off media. And the reason why I do this is I like to. I just it's my opinion, of course. You know, <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. A grain of salt. Um, it's just my opinion. I just read the news out and just whatever comes out of my mind. You know, just what I think's going on. You know, there's, because there's, there's nothing. The, no, the news. There's always a reason behind it all. And because, you know, the media is fully controlled. We don't have a fourth estate anymore. It's fully controlled by the globalists. These people don't realize they're controlled. It's all about money for them. They lose their job. If they don't report the right stuff, they lose their job. It's called groupthink. And they they also, um, you know, the the journalism schools, they're controlled by leftists. You know, all the journalists I know are leftists, you know, communists, basically. So we're looking at. So we looked at um, RNZ. We looked at News Hub and stuff. Uh, next week, I'll pl- I'll plan to give you a bit of Australian news, give them a perspective. It's slightly different. They seem to be a bit more, uh, you know, sort of. You get to hear both sides of the story with uh, Sky News. Quite like that. The Jerusalem Post. I'm not sure. The jury's out with them. I'm not sure uh, really about them. They seem to be. Uh, Israel seems to have a pretty robust fourth estate, if you ask me. Uh, that's what I think anyway. And then there's another one that's the Jerusalem Post, the jpost.com. Then you have the Israel National News. Um, we've got a couple of soldiers killed in the battling with Hamas in the northern area, northern Gaza. A couple of young guys. Oh, it's just so sad, isn't it, to see these young guys. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot of Israelis being killed. Oh, 14, 1,400 innocent women and children, oh, about 300 soldiers were killed by these savages that flew in came in on paragliders. Those ones with the with the you know, like a propeller at the back, backpack thing they came in. Came by sea, air. Seems a bit strange really that there wasn't um they weren't patrolling the that fence a bit better than that. Seems a bit weird to me. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it was was it a jack up. Is it like um Christchurch, you know, just a false flag sort of thing to give them the, the moral high ground to take all the semi-automatic um, high-powered rifles off good people <laughs> so you get some half what comes in and shoots up these people shoots up innocent people in a mosque are they innocent though oh, I suppose they would be 
There's a few terrorists, though, apparently in those mosques that we've found out. But anyway, um, you know, and then we get the blame for it. So he gets to be able to come in. He gets his gun license online <laughs> and um, and then goes and does that, apparently, so-called, says he does it. You know, a lot of uh, there's uh, many, many witnesses to the fact that there was more than one gunman. That hasn't come out, has it? No. And um, we get the blame for it. New Zealanders, law-abiding New Zealanders now, you know, they, they just want to make it more and more difficult. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. They don't want you shooting back at them. Because when they start doing their really draconian stuff, which is coming, that's why you need to become a Christian. So you've got some hope for the future. And then you won't want to top yourself. Because you've got a hope. You know that the, this world is just temporary. We're just a passing through. This world is not my home. You know, if heaven wasn't my home, then Lord, I don't know what I'd do. It's an old hymn. And so we're supposed to be looking for the blessed hope. And when, you've, when you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you trust by faith, it's all about faith, the just shall live by faith, you don't have the worry about what's going to happen to you tomorrow. Because the Bible says, when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. Of course, people that aren't saved, that don't have the Holy Spirit enter them, you don't feel anything. Perhaps some people say they do, but I, I don't know about that. It's just the Holy Spirit. The Bible gives you a promise of the deposit of what you'll be when um, at the rapture. You'll be completely transformed. The Bible says that. We'll be transformed into um, incorruptible beings. That's that's our promise. We'll probably all be 30-year-old men, 33-year-olds <laughs> like Jesus was. Who knows? I don't know. There won't be any women, I don't think. All the women will be men <laughs> because there's no marrying and giving in marriage in heaven. But anyway, now I've lost my train of thought. I've got so many things on my hard drive. Sometimes things slip off and it's because it's getting old. I probably need to... Um, yeah, the old hard drive's getting a bit, <laughs> a bit shaky. And I, and I promised myself that I'm going to write things down, but I never do because I just sort of get too busy and they just flitter from one thing to the next. It's all vaccine injury. We'll blame it that, blame it on that, shall we? Um, I don't know. I'll keep going to eight then. How about that? Okay. Um, so let's go back then to... Uh, no, we won't go back. We'll go and have a look at Jerusalem Post and just see what they say. And we've got some Israeli news here and it's all reading at sight. You have to forgive me. Um... What have we got? IDF releases two names of the soldiers killed in action in Gaza. Okay, Construction and Housing Ministry submits housing plan for residents of the south. Oh, okay, Israeli police to rebuild Starot station destroyed in the Hamas attack. Um, teams aim to paint world with red balloons until hostages come home. Yeah, so we'll put the power back on. Uh, we'll give you more water, give you everything you need when you release our hostages. And remember, 80% of Palestinians, so-called Palestinians, voted for Hamas, the political party. And in their charter, this is what you forget, they don't want a two-state solution. In their charter, it says the destruction of the Jewish people. From the river to the sea, from the river Euphrates all the way to the sea, no more Jews. They want to get rid of them. And when they've finished, when they've done that, they will never will, of course, God will intervene. But when they've done that, then they're coming after you, coming after the, the children, the people of the book. And that's us, the Christians. We believe the Bible. Sola Scriptura. It's Latin for the Bible alone. That's what we trust. The Catholics don't. They trust the priests. <laughs> they trust the cardinals to tell you what the Bible means. 
And so even when you read things in it, like in First Thessalonians chapter, Second Thessalonians 8 and 9, it says, I'll just look it up and read it for you, because it's so clear, isn't it? So um, Ephesians, sorry, Ephesians, uh, Ephesians um, uh, 2, it's 8 and 9, and Oh, hang on, I'm going to read it from a King James because I just put KJV. That's what you do. If you do a search on Google, you just go, you know, put it in, just put a KJV after it, and then you're going to get the right Bible, aren't you? Not some corrupt Catholic version. So anyway, so if a Catholic was just to read this, and some of them did, you know, like Martin Luther, he just read it. He read the Bible for himself, and then he realized, hey, hang a minute, hang on a minute. This isn't what the Bible says. Sorry, this isn't what we're doing. The Bible says one thing and the Catholic Church says another. And here's one. This was written by Paul, St. Paul, to the Ephesians. And he said, For by grace are ye, which is just a plural for lots of people, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And yet the Catholics, they're trying to earn their way to heaven on the installment plan. <laughs> they are. They pay money in the mass. You could walk into a mass, into a into a into a Catholic church, and say, "I'd like to um like you to do a mass," and and, and you, you've got to pay for it. And you could say, "I'd like to do one for Adolf Hitler," and they'd take the money. Adolf Hitler was put up to killing all the Jews in Europe. He was following Vatican orders, and we got that information from Alberto Rivera, who was a a Roman a Jesuit, Roman Catholic um, Jesuit, who actually became a Christian and you can read all about that and you can you can get it easy easy if you don't like reading you can get the comics Jack Chick comics and we've got an agent here Bruce Brucey in Wellington he's the agent I'm sure he still is agent for all the Chick tracks and also the magazines and my other friend um, I have other friend. <laughs> I have another friend um, Cryer, David Cryer, he's the guy that um, you know that, that has the beer festivals and things like that. He's also an avid comic collector. He said those Jack Chick comics are really are real collector's items, worth a fortune. But anyway, get hold of the Alberto series. Give it to your kids because there's some really good teaching in there. And Alberto, and there's one called The Prophet. That's the one you want to read. You might be able to read it online, but get hold of that one. Give Brucey a ring. You look him up, just just go on, on to Chick, C-H-I-C-K, like chicken, but chick.com. And uh, he's no longer, Jack's no longer with us now. And when my friend Derek Pierce, who passed away on Saturday, when he went, um, when he went to California, he met Jack Chick and he met Alberto, the Spanish Jesuit. And Alberto, um, anyway, he saw a bullet hole. Uh, Jack Chick showed him with a bullet hole where they tried to shoot him, tried to kill him in in his office. And so and he met Alberto at Jack's home. He was home there having sort of like, you know, dinner and they were just standing around having a cup of tea, I think. And then Alberto turns up. It's wonderful to meet my friend from New Zealand. This is back in the eighties. Uh anyway, Alberto, he um he said that when he, he went to the Vatican, because he was he's a pretty good Jesuit, and he learnt from Cardinal Beer that the Roman Catholic Church wrote the cardinals, they wrote the Quran, and they used a woman called Fatima to take it and seduce Muhammad. And the reason why they wanted to and uh, they wanted to um, to do that was because they wanted to use these Arabs, who are 
the children that they're the children of Ishmael. Remember Abraham and Ishmael, not Abraham and Isaac, but Isaac's half brother Ishmael, the father of the Arab nations. So they wanted they wanted to harness the Arabs to help the Roman Catholic Church destroy all the Jews, get rid of them. Why? Because of replacement theology and all the Christians, all the Bible believing Christians as well. Remember, the Roman Catholics used to burn Christians at the stake in the England in the 16th century. For what? For not believing in the doctrine of transubstantiation, that believing that the body and blood can be transformed by the magic in the Mass into the real body of Christ and real blood of Christ. The wine, and, the, and it's just a wafer anyway, it's a pagan wafer. It's not real bread. And that's what they believed. And so Christians were burnt at the stake alive or for being found with just a portion of Scripture. This is in the 16th century in the UK. Just a portion. And the reason for that is they had a Catholic king or queen, Bloody Mary. You know. They called her Bloody Mary because 300 people were burnt at the stake. Many of them were Roman Catholics who'd seen the light they got hold of the Bible, read a little portion of Scripture which they treasured, and if they got caught with it, reading the Bible, because only the priest could interpret the the, um, the Bible, and it was all in Latin, and they just told you, and you went there and you paid your mass money, you paid your indulgences for being naughty, and you were earning your way out to heaven on the instalment plan. But the Catholics needed to get rid of all the Jews because they were teaching their people that when the word Israel in the Old Testament, when that word is said it doesn't mean the Jews anymore it's called replacement theology so they replaced the word uh, Israel to mean the Catholic Church instead of the Jews it means the Catholic Church they are now the new Israel that's what they teach that's their uh, replacement theology that's why they've got their eyes on the Middle East and they're going to put their man to be the king of of Israel they're going to put him there a Roman Catholic probably he'll be a Jew and he's going to be stand in that temple. He's going to set up an image in that temple. He's going to be put there by the Roman Catholic Church. And then he's going to turn on the Roman Catholic Church and destroy her. Because he's, Satan is going to enter into him. And so this man that's going to be the new world leader, he's going to come in peace, everything's going to be wonderful, he's going to be beautiful, handsome, homosexual, just a great man. Everyone's going to worship, even, even the Christians are going to follow him. Not all of them. Not the, not the remnant, but many, many so-called Christians will follow after this antichrist, this beast. Good-looking, fine speeches, you know, great orator. And he's going to move his headquarters to Jerusalem. Anyway, getting back to the, the, the replacement theology. So Alberto said that Cardinal Beer taught the students there in Rome when he was there that they created Islam so that they to help them form an army and they wrote the Quran and the army was they wanted to harness the Arabs to kill all the Jews and kill all the Christians the real Christians the Bible ones and that's what they've done and that's why you've got Islam today it's a Roman Catholic thing that's why they have the rosary beads okay so there we are and Bible lesson there we are but when a, when a, when a genuine Roman Catholic looks at the Bible and just looks at it and, and just reads it for themselves, but they don't. Everything's filtered through the Roman Catholic Church, through the priests. 
But there it is. It says that they're clear, clear, doesn't it? That you can't earn your way to heaven. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. And the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it says here, Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. Don't take my word for it. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Okay. That's my lot, and uh, there'll be some TNT Radio news coming up at uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, but I really have to go because I've got the sun is out, and I've got a lot of work to do today. A lot of work. Got firewood to cut, trees to fell, and uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, Jennifer Hansen. Great track. It's called Joyride. It's 10 to 8. Taste it.
I don't know what it's like to be a minority Asian, because I come from Asia. We're all Asian over there, all right? I don't know what it's like to be like a minority. I encountered Asian stereotypes for the first time when I moved to America. Never encountered Asian stereotypes before. All these Asian stereotypes, like Asian people are good at math. I didn't know that. In Asia, we're all good at math. I didn't know that was a skill set. I didn't know square rooting seven was difficult. I just did it. Just did it again in my head. For fun. Today's best country on the wireless. She'd take Colorado if he'd take her with him Closes the door before the winter lets the cold in And wonders if her love is strong enough to make him stay She's answered by the taillights shining through the windowpane he said, I want to see you again But I'm stuck in colder weather Maybe tomorrow will be better Can I call you then? She said, you're a rambling man And you ain't ever gonna change You got a gypsy soul to blame And you were born for leaving had a truck stop diner just outside of Lincoln The night is black as the coffee he was drinking And in the waitress eyes he sees the same old light is shining And thinks of Colorado and the girl he left behind him he said, I want to see you again But I'm stuck in colder weather Maybe tomorrow will be better Can I call you then? She said, you're a rambling man You ain't ever gonna change You got a gypsy soul to blame And you were born for leaving Born for leaving Well, it's a winding road When you're in the lost and found Your lover, I'm a runner And we go round and round And I love you, but I leave you I don't want you, but I need you You know it's you that calls me back
When I close my eyes, I see you No matter where I am I can smell your perfume Through these whispering pines I'm with your ghost again It's a shame about the weather But I know soon we'll be together And I can't wait till then I can't wait till hour go to episodes at tntradio.live now tnt radio news for tnt radio news this is james o'neill israel has taken out a hamas commander a terror leader who helped carry out the attack in israel on october 7th the start of the war israelis say there's currently heavy fighting ongoing inside the gaza strip 
as those infantry troops continue to push deeper into Gaza. Israel keeps coming under attack from Gaza and Lebanon and beyond. The Israeli military says that the aerial missile defense system has intercepted a surface-to-surface missile that was likely fired by Houthi rebels in Yemen. Inside Gaza, hundreds of thousands of Palestinians are in overcapacity UN shelters, and Palestinian officials claim more than 8,500 people have been killed in Israeli strikes. Australia's largest bank will offer interest-free loans to encourage people to buy renewable energy products, like solar panels or batteries. The Commonwealth Bank of Australia will provide loans of between $1,000 and $30,000 for customers who buy clean energy products from select companies. The CBA is a signatory to the United Nations Convened Net Zero Banking Alliance, a group of global banks working to help reach net zero by 2050. Four U.S.-born children who were listed as missing in the Mexican state of Chihuahua have been found. The Chihuahua state authorities described the situation as family-related, adding that the children went with their father, who has custody of them. The children, aged 9 to 12, have been reported missing on Saturday, hours after leaving a house in the town of Mioki, approximately 46 miles southeast of the state capital of Chihuahua City in northern Mexico and about 283 miles from the U.S.-Mexico border. Kidnappings and disappearances are a major problem across Mexico, with only 1% of the more than 100,000 missing people being found. At Tuesday's White House briefing, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby was asked about recent anti-Israel comments from Turkish President Erdogan. Diplomats from Turkey after the Turkish Prime Minister said that Hamas is a liberation group and called Israel a uh, war criminal. What is the president's response to that kind of rhetoric from an ally? Well, we'll certainly let President Erdogan speak to his comments. Uh, we don't have to agree with everything he says on every issue to still maintain the fact that he is an important NATO ally um, uh, and, um, and has had uh, a very positive influence, particularly on like the Black Sea grain and trying to help get that out there. Uh, but we do not associate ourselves with, with those comments. During a press conference in Geneva on Friday, Ravina Shamdasani, the spokesperson of the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, was asked if the Israeli bombings at Gaza in response to the surprise attack by Hamas on October 7th could be characterized as genocide. Shamdasani warned that both sides in the Israel-Hamas conflict could be committing war crimes, but that it's up to an independent court to pass judgment on military actions in Gaza. This is a TNT Radio Encore. If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live. Five past eight, the short forecast for the whole country for Northland, Auckland, Coromandel Peninsula. Cloudy this morning with patchy drizzle areas, and you've got five spells happening, though, later on today. For isolated showers about Coromandel this afternoon, for Waikato, Manawatu, including the central high country, also for Gisborne and the Wairapa, areas of low cloud this morning and then fine spells scattered showers this afternoon and evening mainly inland and you've got some heavy ones as well but you've also got the chance of a thunderstorm or three for Horobanu and Wellington fine weather areas of morning cloud beautiful day though for you Nelson and Marlborough mainly fine isolated showers inland this afternoon and evening low cloud fog and uh, that's about the Kaikoura coast for Canterbury Otago Southland as well Generally fine, but uh, low cloud and fog near the coast at times with isolated showers about inland Canterbury this afternoon and evening. For Bullet, Westland and Fiordland, patchy rain about Fiordland, mainly fine elsewhere, but cloud increasing this afternoon. 
and you've got patchy rain tonight. And in the Chatham Islands, just uh, occasional rain for you. It's uh, That's me. I said I was going at seven, but here I am at five past. Anyway, back to the music on the wireless. Little smack while he's walking back. Yeah, I wrote the book. 